November 7, 2023, City of Angels City Council meeting. Um, roll call, please. Red. Mayor Herndon. Present. Vice Mayor Moncada. Present. Council Member Brolio. Present. Council Member Sherado. Present. Council Member Shimente. Present. Staff is present. Thank you. We'll do the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Item three is the report out of closed session, and direction was given to staff on both items A and B. Moving to item four, I'm looking for approval of the agenda as posted or amended. And we do have one amendment, and that would be to include um, Mr. Mike Chimente as the fifth council member. <laughs> so I would like to recommend that change. Any other amendments to the agenda? I am going to pull item 6B <laughs> to be brought back to uh, the December meeting. With those changes, I make the motion to approve. Uh, real quick, I'm going to go out for public comment, Mike. Oh, uh, do we have any public comment on uh, the approval of the agenda? Okay. Coming back, looking for an motion. So moved. What's that change? A second. Okay, we have a motion and a second. All in favor? Uh, Aye. Right. Aye. <laughs> Council Member Shemente. Aye. Council Member Brolio. Aye. Moncada? Aye. Herman? Aye. Chirac? Aye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, item five. Public comment. The public may address the council on any item of public interest not otherwise on the agenda that is within the jurisdiction of the city. No action may be taken. Matters to be addressed may be referred to city staff or placed on a subsequent meeting agenda and speakers will be limited to five minutes per person. We have any members of the public that would like to speak during public comment. So we'll have you go up to the podium. There's a sign-in sheet. Uh, make sure we have your contact information and you can introduce yourself. <laughs> and I'm going to continue to cough. Give me the water. <clears throat> Good evening. My name is Christopher Butner. I've appeared twice before the City Council on October 3rd and again on October 17th. My appearances have been regarding Public Records Act requests for the July 1st, 2019 and July 3rd, 2023 executed amended agreements for the promotion of tourism with the Calaveras Visitors Bureau, here and after referred to as the CVB, for identifiable records that were disclosable under the California Public Records Act. We've already established with certainty that the City of Angels has had administrative challenges with its record-keeping processes for over four years. This statement being valid with specificity to the missing executed amended agreements for the promotion of tourism from July 1st, 2019 and July 3rd, 2023. 
in September 2023 upon its continuing inability to locate the missing executed amended agreements for the promotion of tourism from January 3rd, 2023, the city administration endeavored to recreate the document and obtain the required signatures to enact the terms of the contract. <clears throat> to eradicate any misconceptions by the city council and its administration, the CVB is definitely not a nonprofit association. The CVB is a mutual benefit nonprofit corporation. The CVB formally initiated the conversion of its legal entity type by having sought consent from the state attorney general's office on April, in April 2021. And then upon receiving that request of consent, the CVB formally completed its conversion of its legal entity type with the Secretary of State's office. CVB's conversion from a nonprofit public benefit corporation to a nonprofit mutual benefit corporation became effective with the Secretary of State's July 12, 2021 filing date. It is imperative that the city administration, uh, the city administration understand that at no time during the time frame by which the July 1, 2019 and July 3rd, 2023 agreements for the promotion of tourism have been understood to have been in effect as the CVB ever been a nonprofit association, despite having been stated so in the agreements. The CVB's representative and signatory to the most recent agreement, CVB Executive Director Martin Coverty, falsely affirmed the CVB's legal entity type on September 2023 agreement as a nonprofit association. It is alleged that the CVB, a nonprofit mutual benefit corporation, had failed for over two years to officially notify the City of Angels of its conversion of its legal entity type to a nonprofit mutual benefit corporation effective July 12, 2021. It is alleged that the CVB, a nonprofit mutual benefit corporation, has been operating illegally since July 12, 2021 without valid bylaws. It is alleged that the CVB, a nonprofit mutual benefit corporation, has been visibly and persistently <clears throat> deceiving the public for whom it was purported to be a benefit since July 12, 2021, as evidenced by its still displaying invalid bylaws on its website, as I address herein. The CVB purporting these invalid bylaws to be current and valid, they are not. <clears throat> it is alleged that the CVB committed fraudulent misrepresentation of its legal entity type by falsely entering into the July 3rd, 2023 agreement for the promotion of tourism formally executed with the City of Angels on September 18th, 2023. These allegations regrettably jeopardize the City of Angels administration by drawing it into an expanding scandal that also includes the Calaveras County government having been similarly duped by the CVB on August 22nd, 2023 when it entered into a formal contractual tourism promotion agreement with the CVB claiming its legal entity type to be a California nonprofit public benefit corporation. Thank you and good evening. Thank you. Thank you. Other public comment? Hello, my name is Susan Rudolph and I'm a resident here in Angels Camp. And I just wanted to come up and uh, uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, where I live and what's kind of been going on. I want to say thank you to uh, the compliance code officer who works for the city two days a week for addressing and uh, fixing the problem of the homeless people over there on Denver's Mine Road. Um, 
Over the last couple years, uh, this individual has uh, camped over on private property and came uh, earlier this year and we got an ordinance in place uh, with the city attorney, I appreciate that. So we don't have uh, somebody camping on uh, open land and you know maybe setting a fire. Um, so this individual was camping and then there were many more on Denver's mine that came and joined him. And uh, you know I realized this is not Greenhorn, this is not the entrance to Greenhorn, the, where the fancy houses are, but it is a community back there. We do pay taxes. And I just want to um, bring to your attention that um, that we really care about our community. I, I, I value my safety as well as the other people in my community. And, um, and also I'm, my concern for the children, they go to school at the high school, they have to walk by this guy uh, that's sometimes inappropriately exposed himself and um, some other things that are going on over there with drugs. Um, so I, 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 it is my hope uh, that we can have some kind of an ordinance on record so that we can alleviate this problem. I know that the uh, police department has had their hands tied because they, they didn't have any reason, they didn't have any uh, uh, legal uh, means to, to get them off the property there because it is on a sidewalk in between Save Mart and uh, an open parking lot that's uh, uh, right there with that little barrel business. Um, and then in the beginning of the mobile home park there and also the 25 acres that sit there that the cattle graze on. Um, yeah, I, I love Angels Camp. I used to be uh, very involved in the government here and, um, and it, it made me really sad to see this going on here because we're a little small town. We, don't not, we do not have a homeless shelter and we don't really want one. And uh, we don't have the means to support this. So I just would ask you to be um, mindful and um, I'm gonna follow up with the city code enforcement uh, personnel and see if, if we can get something on the books so that we don't have this problem again. And I know over there by the uh, creek uh, we have issues over there with homeless. And so, um, again, this brings up safety, um, health and safety issues. You know, when I don't know if you've ever been through a homeless camp or not, but there's all kinds of things that are there. You know, besides people going to the bathroom in the streets, you know, there's uh, hypodermic needles, there's many things that you can get hurt on and get diseases from. And um, I, I just, I love the Angels Camp. I love where I live. And I just I hope that we can continue to uh, to keep a good handle on this and be mindful about uh, the people here in Angels Camp. That no matter where we live, if it's on the side street or on the main street, that that our that our community is safe and that we don't have these things. I realize people have to have a place to go, but there are other towns, other cities, and metropolitan areas that can uh, better serve these people, and uh, so that they don't land here on, on our doorstep. Uh, and I, I, I just, I, it is my hope that uh, we can find some way legally to, to keep our streets clean and alleviate this problem. And I thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And um, thank you very much for, for all of the attention that I know you guys, uh, uh, the city, the workers, uh, you know, they cleaned up the sidewalk really nice too. So I, I appreciate that. So thank you. I'm going to give you my card, and uh, if you want to give me a call, okay. um, I can fill you in on what we are doing and what we have been doing. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Hi, my name is Steve Wagner. I'm actually the manager there at Big Horn Mobile Home Park. My wife and I have been managing for a little over 10 years. Uh, we've been pretty much instrumental in trying to clean the place up as best we can. We, we feel like it's a good family community where people are happy to be there and, and it's not a, a problem spot. I mean, I don't know how long you guys have been around here, but I know that at one point in time, Big Mobile Home Park used to be a pretty scary place to be, you know, and since we've been there, we've changed that. And I really love to see the kids leave there. I mean, I've watched kids grow up there and the kids that were in grammar school are now going to high school and they're walking up that sidewalk that we paid a lot of money in taxes for this county to put in or this city to put in to go to be able to go to the high school and then to have these guys camping on it, blocking it where they have to walk into the street to be able to go. I came here to beg for your help, but at the same time, now I'm here to thank you for what had, did happen, you know, and what has happened. And this individual, like Susie says, uh, he's been there before and he's gone away and then he always comes back. And that's where his action is, is, is hanging out by that store with all the kids that show up and he's got whatever he's got and they all want whatever he's got. And it makes it, it, it makes it a little bit hard. And then of course he attracts other people. I think you guys probably realize that when you got to camp over there at the, at the city hall, you know, the old city hall. Uh, next thing you know, there's 14 people camping there. I mean, that's how it happens, you know, and, and we just want to see that this uh, is somewhat addressed, well, actually really addressed to the point where we don't have to. I drive in and out of that park every day. I work there. I mean, I do this stuff. Everybody's coming in there. We're selling homes there, beautiful homes. I mean, $150,000 homes that are, that are worth somebody that you know nice people to come in there and then they're driving by that to get in there it's like it's really sad anyway and i really appreciate you guys and i appreciate everything you do for this community and that's about all i have to say thank you thank you other public comment any online road who's on online Seeing nobody else for public comment, we're going to move on to item seven, which is our regular agenda. Seven A is the Utica Park presentation by Sorry, consent. I'm skipping. Let's do consent. So we're going to go with the consent agenda, which is just item A only. Um, I one correction. Go ahead. A correction. So on page two of the minutes, for my for my sushi money. Um, it says, so uh, 7A, it says park discussion council member asked, did you want to name who it was? So we should I, didn't, I didn't put a name on there? No, it just okay. says council, okay. council member asked. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, not it was, she meant yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Right. Okay, any other corrections? Any members of the public? Okay, so bringing it back, do we have a motion for the item A of the consent with the correction? I will make a motion to approve 6A with correction. Okay, I'll second. And second. Roll call, please, Rose. Shemente? Aye. Brolio? Aye. Moncada? Aye. Herndon? No. Shrug. Okay, thank you. Okay. Now we can move on to regular agenda. And that takes us to item A. The Utica Park presentation by Girl Scout Troop 1897. 
Would you like this to just stand right up here and? Uh, sure. Yeah. They're a little too short for the microphone. Hey, girls, come here. Can you go pass this to the gentleman at the table so they can pass those around and look at them? You can come hold this with me, okay? So last year, our troop, um, we were having a meeting and the girls were talking about how much they're looking forward to um, the new park when it gets put in. And we were seeing uh, construction start happening and demolition and they've been missing that. And so during the meeting, we started brainstorming about what kind of features the girls would like to see at the park. And we thought it would be a great opportunity for them to tell you a little bit about some of the features that they drew about on these drawings and that that they discussed wanting to have at the park. So we'll have Addie start. Um, they wanted a they wanted a playground with a slide, a bridge, and some monkey bars, maybe a swing set for uh toddlers and older kids, and maybe a tire swing. Uh, they're also wondering if they could have a rock, a rock wall, um, and then maybe a seesaw, a merry-go-round, uh, and then maybe this one wants a. My little sister. A, <laughs> a dog park. And did you have a drawing then, that you wanted to show who? Oh yeah, I know it's a drawing. Oh. I mean, there's this really great one right here. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that one's mine. <laughs> and then um, we were also thinking of maybe some bike, uh, a bike park kind of area. So because I know a few kids that like riding bikes, and there aren't any trails for them to go ride bikes. Uh, Cassidy, what was a favorite thing that you would like to see at the park, on the playground? Did you have some ideas? I think there's some ideas. Monkey bars? Yeah. Okay. What about you, Sawyer? What were some of your favorite ideas? Monkey bars and a twisty bar. Twisty bar. Come on, my ideas on here. Yeah. The list of them. Good job. And what about you, Riley? What what kind of features would you like to see at the playground? And they, they were asking about a splash pad. I understand that's not in the first round, but uh, everybody really wanted some sort of water feature and maybe some sort of musical instruments that are de designed for playgrounds that make sounds like drums and chimes and things like that as well. Um, do you girls have anything else that you would like to add about the park? No? you have any questions? Um, oh, did, go ahead. I was thinking, what if we added a community board where we could host, um, like, I don't know, like, maybe we could have, like, music playing at the park some days, <laughs> and, like, we can, like, do musical instruments and have that on the community board, and then so kids can, like, come and do some fun stuff at the park on the community board. So, like, something they can advertise? And then that someone that mentioned the state park possibility. Yes. Okay, go. Balance gate. Balance gate. Like a little obstacle course. 
Okay, so there were there were 23 girls who participated in making these drawings and creating the list. They could not be here tonight, but um, if you have questions or you need test subjects to help with any of the test subjects, with any of the choices, we'd be happy to participate however we can to help you. We really appreciate it, and thank you guys for coming. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Good job, girls. I'll put it right up here for you. Yeah, thank thank you. And we will get out of here. Sure. So. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. 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 You know, through. Yeah. What's up? You can send. Or you want to get up and bring them to me? I'll get up okay. Here. Put them here with the. And I'll go add them to our stack. The rest of the stuff. Yeah. Okay. We just got her. We're cut out for her now. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to take us to item B, which is the Utica Park update. Amy Augustine. Yes, luck would have it. We had our first design committee meeting on the 18th, and our discussion was about the playground and what to include in the playground. Um, and in fact, many of those items are, are there on the presentation. Um, we had three different playground concepts presented. We took comments. We had um, approximately 13 people there, not all committee members. There were just some members of the public that came also. We had five adjoining property owners. Um, I think we all had a pretty good amount of input to provide. And at the next meeting on November 15th at noon here, we will go over a single conceptual design. So we're looking forward to that. Also, we have looked into the idea of a mail out for the newsletter and what that would cost. And we're looking at approximately 2000 people would receive that. It's a cost of approximately $400 um, to do one of those if you wanted us to do that. That's for a two-sided color copy. Um, so per month. Per so month. Yeah. Per month. Mm -hmm. Per month. Yeah. Um, copy of the sign-in sheet is here. Be happy to answer any questions about our first meeting. We did get our geo technical report back, our initial one, and we have directed them for next steps and hope to have their proposal back for that early next week. So it did um, have a smaller area that we needed to avoid. And so we're basically now concentrating on two particular areas where we wanna do some testing and perhaps some remediation. And uh, then we'll go forward with that, with our plans, which we think may be moving along a little bit faster than we had anticipated they might now that we've gotten that back. I think that was mostly what we did. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Okay, who's got questions? So, you know, my initial, I, I suggested the newsletter. I don't know if we need to do a monthly newsletter but I think one to the public would be beneficial. Um, you know, everything that I'm reading as a newbie on the council talks about communication 
and how we can improve. And I think while we are doing a fine job, communication is one of those, it's almost like a living being where the more that we can think about doing, the better off we're all gonna be. Uh, and it helps the community understand what we're doing. So, you know, I, I would support uh, this initial newsletter for that cost. And um, I know I've been talking with staff and they're trying to collect email addresses because um, that would be another way. I don't, I'm not sure if we have email ad addresses for all of our um, citizens, but that would be another way. But, um, you know, when I, uh, when people approach me now that they know I'm on the city council, what's going on with the park, when I talk with them about it, they get it. You know, when I shared, when Rose shared, or I'm sorry, when, when Amy shared with me that, you know, we were, um, a lot of the, the, the crews that started the project were working with the San Joaquin Office of Education. So they were learning a trade. Had I known, I mean, that's why it felt like it was taking a little longer than and it should. So, I mean, that that's, the more information that we can share with folks, um, I think the better we are. And I have another question about the budget. Are you going to talk about that later or? It is an item we always include. If there are any items you'd like to ask about, I'd be happy to do that. Well, I, don't, I don't have a specific item, but I, I noticed that, um, you know, our income, our revenue to expenses, it looks like we've been looking at the budget and actually have uh, almost a $400,000 surplus. And so my, my, go ahead. That surplus is actually some ARPA money. That, yeah, that's, that's, yes. yes. So when we, and then my, my next question was related to, you know, personnel, you know, for our, our city workers, are, are, do we need to add additional staff? Is what the staff was doing in the park gonna be similar to what they were doing? I mean, we've increased the scope, how are we, looking at, at that long-term. So that's gonna to have to be a, a whole discussion item that we're gonna to have to bring forward to council as part of budget discussions. Um, what I have staff doing right now is kind of going through and doing a really good analysis of what it is they're really spending their time on. Um, we have, a, you know, historically we've used, you know, paper, work order systems and logs. Uh, we're now using iWork, which is a, a, a computer system that is gonna be able to track the different tasks and um, work orders that are happening um, by which staff. We have a general understanding um, and, and tracking of what they're working on with regards to water and wastewater, but as it pertains to kind of general fund public works activities, those we just beg, borrow, and steal staff to make that happen. So we, um, on paper, the city funds two FTEs, um, but the reality is it's not enough. It wasn't enough before this project started. Um, it's not gonna be enough once this project is done. It's not enough to do the road repairs that we need to do. It's it's not enough to handle the sidewalks that are getting installed um, in the city, or just to do the general, um, you know, day to day. So that's going to be a bigger conversation. Um, it's not really something that's been um, widely talked about, and it's general fund dollars. So it's kind of one of those, you know, 
you get around to the work when you get around to the work, but water and wastewater activities have always taken a priority because those are funded and they're regulated. So um, we will be, uh, we are working with staff right now to identify what that um, personnel allocation needs to be, um, or we need to have a conversation in terms of how we're going to, um, to handle those additional maintenance items. And it's not just Utica Park. It's, um, you know, we, we get complaints all the time about weeds or uh, debris or trees or potholes or whatever. Those have no funding sources other than the general fund. But there's an allocation. When Michelle helps fill the budget, there's an allocation that goes to that. There's an allocation for general public works activities. Something that's been a primary discussion item at the first meeting we had was maintenance of the playground equipment. I would say a good 25%, even 30% of the questions asked by the committee members was maintenance of each thing and how do we replace them and how long do they last and which surfacing was the easiest to handle. And so that has been a primary topic, as well as we are reviewing this with Public Works as we go along for maintenance reasons. And we'll add that things like just the irrigation system. So far, they've spent an enormous amount of time repairing leaks. Well, with a new irrigation system, we hope to reduce sure. that type of thing. So um, there's going to be a little bit of an offset. Sure. But yes, um, they could conceivably be needing to go out there more, but hopefully be able to spend their time not starting from ground zero to right. fix something that is and part of the conversation that's happening with public works is, you know, when, when the design committee is saying, well, like, you know, I want this type of cover, you know, over a playground structure, we're really looking into what is the, what's the, what's the useful life of that particular cover? Mm -hmm. um, because that was the complaint on Old Duke Park or Gateway Park is, you know, how come you're not replacing the playground? The city never set money aside for replacement of any uh, of any of that equipment. It was purchased and then it just sits there. Um, so, uh, you know, we're looking at it from the perspective of, you know, if it's, is it going to last 10 years? If it's, if, you know, like the, the ground covering, um, if we have to do, you know, some sort of maintenance to it every three years or five years versus every 10 years, some of that is playing into which direction we're going to go um, because we don't have some set aside pot of money that's going to continue to come in to pay for those things. But everything should be on some sort of schedule because it, everything has a shelf life. So, I mean, everyone thought that old playground was going to last a lifetime and right. nothing lasts a lifetime. So it's um, the same with our roads. Yeah. It's the same with our sidewalks. It's the same with our buildings. And so, you know, if you walk around and look, um, they're, they've not been on the schedule, none of them, nothing. So that's part of what, you know, Michelle and I are working on is to get that schedule. Um, but, you know, like we just finally were able to replace vehicles and public works. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, there, there comes a time where it just doesn't make sense to keep fixing them anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it creates more of a liability than anything. 
but it's it's allocating those dollars and having that conversation uh, with council as part of the budget overall, and then then that decision has to be made. Annie, I have a couple questions um, about the report. So the geocontract phase one study is that is that going to be made public? I will defer to Rebecca on that. Um, we weren't planning on it because um, it's pretty technical, um, but um, and we're still going through it, and that, that those conversations are still happening with the contractor. Um, but okay, so the contractor's got that. That was yeah. one. Okay, um, this winter. Who is actually responsible for the condition of the park? Um, as far as like with erosion issues and things like that, the orange fence being kept up and we are. and okay, so it's not the contractor, it's not his his okay. Um, do we have hillside erosion things in place as far as hydro seed or those waddles things like that that need to be put in place? No, we've done all that demo. No, we didn't actually do a lot of soil disturbance. Surprisingly, um, we left roots intact and things like that and a lot of it had been burned so um surprisingly they're so we not anticipating a lot of erosion yeah okay okay and then with regard to the cost of the newsletter um i do think that that's something we should entertain at some point to do some communication not just about utica park but in general it's not going to hurt uh just a matter of when we want to pull that plug and get that get the message out so i do think that that is one missing component. We do a lot of Facebook. We do a lot of uh, online. We now do the the phone. Uh, what is it called? The phone. Yeah, but I think mailing wouldn't be such a bad idea every now and then for trying to be fully communicative. We can be. We're not any feedback from people who receive the newsletter in terms of things they'd like to see more of or less or any any feedback at all. Um, no, we have a very high, uh, we have a very high click rate, which means they are opening it. Mm -hmm. Um, so not only are they opening it, but then they're also clicking through on the various links that are within there. Um, and, you know, in terms of feedback, it's mainly just been, you know, if they read something in the newsletter, then that's directing them to call a particular department. So we know that those things are working. Um, we did do a survey in the last general one, um, and, you know, it basically said, you know, contact us via Facebook. That's where we get all of our news. And um, mail in the utility bill, I think that there's a really low percentage. Mail just by itself, there was zero, um, zero votes for mm -hmm. that one. Uh, phone was another one that was zero votes so the the one that stood out the most was facebook which was 90 something percent so you're you're referring to the survey that was part of our strategic plan no the survey that was part of a uh a newsletter that we sent out um to those that had opted in to receive a newsletter via email. how many people was that Rebecca? Two. that one's like 200 or something it was like two yeah yeah um, the strategic plan just, yeah, was about 200. 200 also. Yeah. 
And the price that was just for a sheet that would be inserted? Four, 400, it's a little over 400, and that's a two, a double-sided sheet. Full color. Full color. I'm just wondering if maybe like a postcard would make more sense because you don't have to actually open mm -hmm. anything, right? Mm -hmm. We just, that's what you get in your mail and you can open read. But obviously, I'm going to assume that's going to be a little bit more expensive. However, I don't know what it would compare to, which is 400. The 400 is cheaper because it's getting put into the utility box. Right. Yeah, so you're not doing a postage double post. Right. I'm seeing if it's something that we're doing twice a year, like you had mentioned, of including more information, then we're not banking on someone having to open an envelope to read it. Yeah. And that's my kind of only hang up on including it in the utility bill is um, we've got. Uh, quite a few people that auto pay, so they don't actually open their bill, even though they're still getting their bill. Mm -hmm. um, well, I do if it's a high bill. Right. If your bill, 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 bill is if it's materially different, then yes, you will open it. Yeah. I have two, but otherwise, I don't but open it. It doesn't just want to get opened. Um, and then we're trying to find cost saving measures, so that includes customers being able to opt out of receiving a physical bill. Mm -hmm. I think there's about 83, 80 something that have opted out of receiving a physical bill, so they don't, and we are going to start pushing that, so you're going to see more people who are going to opt out of receiving a bill. Um, um, so that would be the only thing. Um, and then we are working on trying to get everyone's email addresses. It's just not been a historic process um, at the city for whether you're a customer or a business or a... Are we collecting them through Hop and Shop? Those are just customers. They could be from anywhere. Oh, okay. They could be from Mendocino. I have no idea. But um, we are reaching out to all the businesses and getting those email addresses. We are actively um, reaching out to customers and getting their email addresses and updated contact information. Um, so, you know, we've got a little over 2,000. How many um, how many utility bills go out every month? 2,000? With approximately 50% of them who pay automatically, so they okay. don't necessarily look at it. Yeah, I mean, they all, there is a small percentage of, of our, maybe it's not small, but there is a percentage of our residents who um, you know, just aren't on Facebook, don't no. do internet, don't do email. And so I think that the only way that they get something is a flyer. But I'm wondering too, if maybe it's, um, so I don't know when our next town, you know, like our next community town hall meeting will be, like maybe we hand stuff out of that with there's critical things or, um, because there is that percentage of people that don't, they just get their mail and that's how they are in a Yeah. Huh? You're just not going to hit them all. No. It's not a one-size-fits-all. No. We, we, right. During the, the water conservation outage, we, we have ones, they don't go to the mailbox, mm -hmm. they don't check their mail, they don't, um, they don't accept calls they don't um go on the website they don't have to knock on their door that's what she said she said you need to come and knock on the um which is it's just you know this goes back to staffing and i don't i don't have the staffing to be able to do that but um i i think there is not a one-size-fits-all so i'm not i'm not adverse to selling out or selling out sending out a physical mailer um but it's going to have to be that and like, so if we send out a mailer, then we're also going to have to push it out via oh, yeah. email. You know, sure. Yeah, every yeah. Single yeah. Single single yeah. Single. I think if you hit all the, yeah, yeah, all the things. And we, campaign. 
Yeah, and maybe we ask our friends at ACBA to send it out too to their list, and I don't know, you know, try to get it out to as many people as we can. I'm just trying to think outside the box, but. Um, yeah. Amy, we're fairly confident that weather permitting, uh, we break ground in March. This this project should be done by November. Of next year, yes. Of next year. That includes the placement of the playground equipment and everything. Yes. And so at some point, staff will be ordering equipment and making sure there's not going to be a shortage or slowdown or whatever's happening in the real world. Our construction person has a project manager. We have a timeline. Okay, with All those fun things. And every single one of the subs is entered into there. Great. So no one holds up somebody else. Yep. Yeah, and we have them. Uh, coordinating Good. with one another. So when we have our bi-weekly meetings, all of them are on, so they're all hearing the same thing. Good. And Amy, there's a chance that if everything's secure, there's a chance that portions of the park could be open sooner than November, correct? Like maybe the playground portion could be functional while there's still some other construction going on? If it's safe. If it's safe. So it might not be all the way until November. That's, that's good too. Okay, thank you. Public comment. Does anybody here have public comment on the Utica, the Utica Park? Anybody online, Rose? No. Okay. Thank you for that. Moving on to item C. This is an ongoing public hearing to introduce, waive the first reading, hold the public hearing to consider adopting Ordinance 536 renaming Chapter 17.06 as General Provisions and Exceptions, and adding, consolidating, amending, or updating provisions for mobile food vendors, garage sales, temporary construction trailers, recreation vehicles, storage and living, special events, special event permits, certificates of occupancy, storage containers, cottage food operations, movie sets, and amending and updating excessive slopes, temporary and seasonal sales stands, accepting farming and ranching practices, construction and floodplains, occupancy changes in commercial buildings in commercial zones, and eliminating standards for auto wrecking yards. And then set December 5th, 2023 for a second reading, Amy Augustine. Mayor and council members, um, I don't usually do PowerPoints, but I chose today. Thank you. Um, by complete accident, the PowerPoint was included in your um, agenda packets. Unfortunately, not everybody in the that audience was an able to I really appreciated it. But if you, have, <laughs> now, if you look at the back, I'll go through the PowerPoint fairly briefly. It emphasizes storage containers and special events because those were the topics that had the most questions at the last meeting. And briefly wanted to talk about storage containers and why we're even addressing them right now. Um, the pandemic actually fueled a whole bunch of excess storage containers because everybody was ordering everything online and the United States did not have enough stuff to put back in those storage containers and ship them back. So there were excess storage containers left over that became available for people to use in their yards, etc., etc., etc. Believe it or not, a portion of the wall was built out of storage containers and some of those are also being sold off. We also got a LEAP grant, which addresses design, community design, and one of the things we wanted to address was the appearance 
of storage containers. We have had a code violation that triggered this amendment in the city. We received um, a complaint. And so, so what is it about that photograph? That's the one with the chain link fence. Yes. What is it about that storage container that is a violation? Is it a setback? It is that a location? setback. Uh -huh. It's not screened from the road. It is on a vacant parcel that has nothing else on it. Okay. And it is um, exceeds under this code. It would exceed exceed the size based on the size of a lot. Uh, no, oh. just the size because it's a single family residential okay. parcel, which you can actually subdivide into 7,600 square feet. So when a whole bunch of it's taken up by a storage container of that size, you have a bit of a problem. Um, Amy, is this storage container used for ag purposes? No, but we do have provisions in the code addressing ag purposes and allowing them on ag zoned parcels that allow agricultural uses. The target of the storage container ordinance is single family residential. Um, that's the emphasis. We have eliminated requirements for industrial, business attraction and expansion. Um, and we've eliminated requirements that talk about the size on commercial. And some of that's addressed in this PowerPoint. So, so if this uh, chain link fence had slats? No. The they have five years. Because of the size. It's the size and the fact that it's in the front setback. Okay. So it's right on the road. It's not at the back of the parcel. It's right on the road. Um, and it's not the only one that would be in violation. We found 27 storage containers. I stopped after 27. So some of the other photos, those don't look like a storage container to me. They look more like a box um, travel trailer or something. They look like maybe they still have wheels under them. Are those being considered storage containers too? Everything in here is a storage container under the definition that we right, provided right. for a storage container. Um, one of the other reasons we're addressing storage containers now is people are using them as living quarters. Right. And as shown here in Half Moon Bay where they're having some problems with that, they're using them for farm workers and they're very much substandard housing. You can't just put a storage container on your parcel and have people living in it. Um, you know, there was one in here that showed the man cave um, and all the neighbors complaining about that. Right now, we don't address storage containers in our ordinance, so none of them are actually permitted. Of the 27 here, we would have 27 code violations because our code does not address storage But containers. if someone wanted to build a storage container home, that's, not, that's a totally different thing that, that they would address? We could look at that under a building permit. Correct. Right. Um, okay. Or a storage container. I've seen pools now as storage containers. Ooh. Yeah. That's a new one. Um, again, we'd have to evaluate that under a, a building code. Yeah. The main thing here was the aesthetics, going back to your strategic plan and keeping things um, looking good. Storage containers do not always look good. Um, the most storage containers are on Murphy's Grade Road. Um, if you go out there, that's where all of our industrial zoned property is, PG&E. They have a whole bunch of storage containers out there. You don't want downtown Angels Camp looking like the PG&E yard. Um, so basically that's where that's going. And you have a photograph that's included. It's a, a, a driveway kind of going up to a home with a truck cart. And your caption says, size and screening can address aesthetics on a small lot residential. 
I don't see a storage container. Is okay. that? Is I'll that get to point? that one. I'll get to that oh, one. I think that's the point. Sorry, that's what I was wondering. That is the point. Um, so basically, people in response to all this bunches of storage containers, um, they're tightening up what they already have as storage container ordinances. Mm -hmm. But again, this was a huge uh, bone of contention in, I gave you an example from Utah, just because the person who provides storage containers basically himself said, this is not a yes or no issue. Can you have them or can't you have them? There are ways to compromise. Um, you can look at aesthetics through painting, location, size, and minimizing the visibility of the containers, and then everybody is happy. You still get a storage container. You can still make it aesthetically pleasing. Um, and so except for the historic commercial district and medium and high-density residential, we are not prohibiting storage containers anywhere else. There are regulations about where to put them and to screen them, but we're not saying no to them. We are following this idea of compromise and screening them. And so, again, um, there's one in here that shows a storage container aesthetics in small lot residential is what it says. That is actually a storage container in Angel's Camp on a single family residential lot. And it's and very, very interesting. And then you go to the one where size and screening can address aesthetics on small lot residential. There is a, there is a storage container there. Mm -hmm. It is in a side setback, uh, but it's still at least five feet from the property line. It is screened. It is smaller than the large one you saw before. And you can't really tell it's there. But it is. Um, if you look down towards the bottom, you can see the corrugation. Right. But... Yeah, that's over on Easy Street here. And you wouldn't know it was there. And that's our aim. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and have your storage container, but screen it for aesthetics purposes. And so the revisions we've made to the ordinance um, in working with council and in taking feedback from the public is to clarify it's allowed in the public zoning district. Our own courtyard, we have storage containers there. I won't tell you what the records look like in some of those storage containers that are leaking, but it's ugly. Mm. Um, <clears throat> industrial, we're allowing them there. Business attraction and expansion, allowing them there without regulation. We've removed the size restriction in commercial. Some of you may be looking at that picture where it says remove size restriction in commercial and say, I don't see the storage container. And you're correct. There are two of them on this parcel. Both of them are behind the building. So you don't see them. So the idea is that is fine. As long as they're not right there in your face and that's the only thing you see, you're good. We were asked to do some follow-up on property taxes. We talked to the senior assessor at the Calaveras County Assessor's Office and the answer was it's on a permanent foundation. Yes, we're going to charge you property taxes. If it's residential and not on a permanent foundation, and not hooked up to electrical and used just for storage, they will not charge you property taxes. They're having a large problem with this because they allow cannabis, and there are a lot of places where they see electricity going to a storage container. It is a growth. In commercial, they do tend to charge you property taxes 
although sometimes they will charge you for personal property as opposed for as opposed to actual property taxes, um, especially if it's not on a permanent foundation. Is a building permit required? Yes. Our building official, he basically stopped it for seismic safety. When they're over a certain square footage, you have to anchor them. He highly recommends they also go on a foundation, but he said, if nothing else, we need to look at them for anchoring because these things definitely tip over fairly well. Does an applicant have to have engineered plans for that seismic no. safety? So in-house, we're able to yes. approve and make decisions for what the anchoring needs to be. That would be correct. Okay. Any other questions on storage containers before I do a quick special events? I have questions after we do this. Stop that. Um, I'm scrolling too fast. Um, about other parts of the ordinance that we're changing also. So maybe okay. after we do special events, okay. uh, we can come back. All right. So I, I took special events because I know that we've had some complaints about how onerous it is to do a special event in the city and the permitting procedure that you have to go through. I'll just start by saying 99% um, of the reason we go through the special event permit process is health and safety. And if you ever have a problem going through our special event permit, we're happy to help you fill it out. And there are many sections you can skip. But basically, we ask pretty basic stuff. Date, time, location, what it is you're doing, who is in charge. We need to know who we can go to if something's going wrong. If there are people who are blocking a roadway, we need to be able to get in, get in touch with somebody in charge. Site plan is the thing most people complain about having to submit. One of the reasons is they don't know how they have planned to lay things out for their event. And this is an exercise for them in going through that process. But most importantly, it has to do with traffic flow and not blocking ingress and egress for emergency vehicles. That's 99% of the reason we have to do a site plan. Food and alcohol, we need to know about that for health and safety reasons. Noise and music. Um, we've talked about this with the park and what if we create too much noise? Well, we always regulate noise and the hours you can do noise. Sanitation, recycling, security, accessibility. Believe it or not, you still have to access, uh, address things like ADA. One of the things we may not need to include here that we do is marketing and signage. One of the reasons we do that is because sometimes the event organizer gets really excited about their event and we suddenly have two dozen illegal signs throughout the city and we like to talk to them about that before that happens rather than after that happens. And then property owner consent. You may be surprised at how many people will plan a special event on somebody else's property without their consent. And to make our lawyers happy, we have a whole harmless agreement. There's some examples that we provided, like Oak Day, uh, Oak, in Oakland, where um, there was an event that had no smoke detectors with no sprinklers. 36 people were killed, which was the largest, um, and there was a bunch of flammable material. 
we've had people not thrilled with us because they wanted to have maybe Santa in a building and we had to go and check first and we had to remove the artificial snow over electrical plugs and stuff so that I know it sounded stupid, it sounded picky, but heaven forbid we would have something like this happen. And it's a simple thing to do. Um, same with the wedding fire that recently happened in Iraq. Um, they had candles. They had fireworks also, but they just had candles. Um, there was an orchestra fire at a high school. It's because there was a gas power generator. We always ask about that when people are doing food stalls at the farmer's market. The reason we ask about that, gas-powered generator next to a propane tank. Generally, we're worried about gas-powered generators catching your booth on fire, but in this particular case, um, it, was a, it was a little concert. They put their generator right next to a propane tank. We also look at the capacity that people of the room, does it exceed the capacity? We don't want to have roofs collapsing. We don't want to have um, decks collapsing that shouldn't have been. And we asked about the vendors at the farmer's market, not because we expect food poisoning, but because if it happens, we need to know how to trace it back to its source to prevent it from spreading. So basically, um, people have been expanding their requirements for special events, especially those that um, have rented event venues that do not have alcohol licenses. They haven't been trained about what you're supposed to do if you hold an alcohol and beverage license. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why we make it go through that process is because there's a certain amount of education that goes along with that when you get that license to provide, um, to make sure you don't have a problem. And then of course, there's, there's the humorous ones where you get complaints about noise. Um, and the example I gave here was one of the funny ones where the reason the person complained about the noise was because he wasn't invited to the So, you know, we want to make sure that that happens. So I just wanted to go over a little bit about why we require the special event permits. It's not because we're trying to be the, the part of police. It's because we don't want to have people hurt or killed when it's simply not necessary. Um, and I'd be happy to answer questions about any other parts of I have a question. Do you have issued some conditional use permits for ongoing? Uh, are those on an annual basis, number one? No, those go with the property. Okay. And then is there any clause in that conditional use permit that if they were to change the intent of that venue, that they'd have to come back and get permission? They would have to amend their conditional use permit. They, okay, and they, they understand that? Yes. And how many do we have? We have, the primary one is the um, Utica Mansion, right. which we issued as a venue. Right. And then we've done one partially for the quarry when it was going to be a rental hall. And we're in the process now of amending that use permit okay. to allow it to become more than that. Okay. I have, I, I want to go back to storage containers because in 17.06.040 accessory buildings, you have to pull a permit before you put an accessory building, building except for an ag use, you can build an ag and then 
Uh, but a storage, a storage container could be an accessory building on this ag property, correct? So basically you have to have a primary use in order to have an accessory use. Ag is a primary it's use. It's a primary use. Hence you can have a storage container to store your hay and stuff to support right. your primary use. Whereas a vacant parcel in a single family right. residential, right. you're just using it as storage. Being a new guy, I went and read all the strike throughs, not thinking that you would put a clean version because I was. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the strike throughs, though. Yeah, I do We will be taking those comments out of the right hand side. Sorry about that. It's a no. software issue. Um, and then on 17.06.120, acceptable farming and ranching practices. Mm -hmm. I'm a little concerned that we aren't going to enumerate the number of animals you can have on a parcel and that what's what's going to prompt a complaint is a neighbor however um i'm a little concerned about someone thinking that if they have a five acre parcel they can put five cows on it thinking it's a one animal unit per acre when there's not a lot of ground up here that's going to support that Acreage. So this that. was something that's always been in the code. We changed it because we used to have something called residential ag, and this yeah. only addressed residential ag. And we now have special planning and residential estate five-acre minimum that would allow that kind of ranching activity. And we know what sizes those are. We have residential zones, single-family, and we do put the animal units on those. You do? Yes. Yeah, it's listed in the zoning. Yeah, well, so and which is listed in here. These are the only it's, ones that these apply to. All of our RE5 and all of our SP are on Gold Cliff. Well, not all of our SP, but all of our RE5. And are, are we are we saying, like, for example, a cow or a horse, one animal unit per acre? No. That, we're what, not, what are, we're not what, regulating it. We never have. You never have said it. Not on these larger acreage parcels. I just have an issue because I, I can just see somebody abusing the fact that, you know, they can run X number of cows on a piece of property or horses and those horses and cows end up eating dirt because there's not enough feed. So you ultimately have to feed them. And, you know, while that may not trigger a complaint from the neighbor, you know, from a humane perspective you know i mean um i think it causes a problem and that would be something that the council would uh, counts, and direct us to. Would, 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 would the county code enforcer i mean is that something that that person would look at as they're driving around that it, would that be considered a code we're a complaint driven uh, of course we are yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I, i've heard that before um okay i think it's interesting why in my previous life on the Calaveras County Planning Commission, we were struggling with those same issues. Do Luckily, we, we do not have nearly as much. We have very little RE5. Right. Um, and this this other, do we truly have a defined floodplain in Angel, in the city of Angels Camp? Yes. And that is where? Along with many of our major creeks. They are emergency Federal Manage Emergency Management Agency okay. flood insurance rate okay. maps. Some of them actually establish the elevation. Some of them do not. Okay. 
Say Bird's Way, right? Yeah, Bird's Way. Right across the road, yeah. The creek, I can remember it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Part of this. So that's, that's defined as a floodplain then across. Mm -hmm. okay. In fact, part of this foundation is in a floodplain, hence okay. wanting to relocate it. And do we have many cottage food operations? operations? <laughs> we have had them ongoing without any permits. Okay. Mm -hmm. We often handle them as home occupations, but this legislation was passed in 2016, and you are supposed to address it in your code, and you're just massive amount to the Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? I have two. And I just lost my spot on the screen. Um, walk me through the removal of auto wrecking yards. So it was a, it's a technical verbiage that you're removing it from here, but it still exists somewhere else. No, we oh. no longer permit wrecking yards at the city limits. Okay. Hence, there was no reason for regulations for them. Okay. Um, We didn't want to imply what there might be by having regulations in the code. The special permit application process. Mm -hmm. Is that our one-size-fits-all application for all events, special permits, or is there a different one for, I know we've had ACBA or, or the fairgrounds that does their annual um, request for, for banners and things like that. This is only specific for, are we trying to come Yeah, a banner would come under this. This would only come if you have 50 or more people. But what about a parade? Yes, they have to do a special event. This is the yeah. same application? Same application. Okay. Yeah. And there are sections you skip when it's parade, and there are sections you skip when it's... That's my only concern is that that I've heard that this is uh, intimidating. We've talked about that, that it's intimidating for the annual use and such. Maybe if someone's having a large giant concert or, or, or family reunion or wedding, then do we offer the ability to sit down and help walk them through it so that they're not just being sent out with a stack of yes. intimidating papers? And we tell them that when they, especially okay. if they come in and ask, Yes. We will tell them immediately, hey, we'll sit down. I sat down today with somebody and finished. I actually wrote up their development application. So it's okay for them to fill out portions of this yes. application, leave some blank, and yes. then not be ridiculed. Or, you know, I'm no, not, no. not saying, I'm not saying ridiculed. Really no, we have spent for okay. Because it is quite lengthy, and it does seem to be large for, for the big, capturing the big events. But what about the little, the little ones? I would say a parade is a pretty massive event. I mean, it's, no, it's got a lot of danger elements to it. It's, Kind of needs it. Yeah. Okay. That was my question. It's even over 100 people, right? Uh, is 50. Or 50. Yeah, I thought it was 50. And you just said for a wedding, that's a wedding that's taking place in public. Um, it actually states in the code exactly when it would and wouldn't apply. And basically, it has to do with if a portion of what your event is going to take place on some public land then it also triggers it. So, for example, if you are going to be using the sidewalks as part of your special event, that's city property. So we have to go through the special event permit process. If it's at the park, that is public property, so we have to go through the special event permit process. Right, say it's at my house and I have... If you are charging money, then it is special event and you go through this. Okay. So a wedding venue would have to pull a special event application we would not recommend they do that we would recommend a wedding venue get a conditional use permit so they would so they do it every time, time they have exactly it. Yeah. 
That's why you do what you do. Yeah, this could be a one-time thing you do that. And a lot of these are repeat events, and they can simply, you know, turn in last look at last year's, you know. So once they've been through the process and they know what we're going to be asking, they they should make a copy of it and then have it so that it's yeah, easy to fill in. Yep. And we'll keep them in case they lost them. Okay, public comment on item C, which is this large ordinance. We'd be looking for any public comment at this time. Seeing none here in the room, Rose, do we have any online? You, uh, no. Nobody with their hand up? Nope. Okay, everybody have any final words? If not, we will be continuing this item for December 5th, 2023, for a second reading. We can do an entry um this oh and get a motion yes okay so i'm looking for a motion to introduce this item i'll make the motion i have a motion looking for a second we have a second rose roll call please shirante aye rolio aye Moncada. aye herndon aye shirante aye okay seeing that it passes this item will be continued Taking us to item D, this is also a public hearing to introduce, waive the first reading, hold a public hearing to consider adopting and adopting introduce. I think that's a typo there, right? yeah. but introduce ordinance 538, adding a new section, which will be 17.06210, addressing vacant buildings and set December 5th, 2023 for a second reading. Mayor and Council members, there is one correction on the clean version that you received, 1706 to 10. In D3, it references the California Health and Safety Code, section 17920.3G. What was that number again? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. We're scrolling. Yeah. It's on page one. Yeah. Page one. Page one of it. Page one ten. One ten. Okay. If you look yeah. at your yeah. mm -hmm. oh, Please wait. strike out the G. It should just say California Health and Safety Code section 17920.3. Yeah. Under D. 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 Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Father. Yes. Yeah. And again, I provided you with a wonderful PowerPoint. <laughs> so I will zip through this fairly quickly. You want us to go to PowerPoint, please. Um, this, most of what I'm presenting here came from the National Main Street uh, Annual Convention, where they focused on big building. And uh, one of the things they talked about was what they hear the most. It's not hurting anything. I can do whatever I want with whatever I own. I inherited it, and I'm not really in a hurry to let it go. It's got sentimental value. And for the right price, which I won't tell you what that is, I'm enter I may entertain an offer. It used to give me income, but I don't know what to do with it now. So I'm just not doing anything. All of which are completely legitimate. Oops. However, there is something additional to look at. Vacant buildings do not just affect the property owner. Um, they can if you leave them around too long and they're too old, you get asbestos problems, 
Um, you can get rodents. You'll remember when a particular building downtown had to be cleared of rodents, which we're going through to the next building. Um, it lowers surrounding property values. Um, so it's not just the, the person who owns the building. Deterioration costs. Um, after a while, if it deteriorates too much, it's just too expensive to fix it, and you're going to lose the building. Raises insurance premiums, sometimes for everybody involved. Lowers property values, reduces tax spaces, and it can contribute to other vacancy. I think when we have our code enforcement, they talked about you get one bad dilapidated house or a falling down building or a bad window, and suddenly everything starts deteriorating. To a certain extent, sometimes that happens. It also increases costs to municipal services. In Austin, Texas, they did a study and there were 3.2 times as many calls to the police, 1.8 times as many calls for theft relative to vacant buildings. And so some brilliant economists did a wonderful little program that you can get online, which will tell you what the cost of a vacant building actually causes, costs the community. So in here, I gave you an example of a restaurant that maybe charged $2,000 a month rent. Well, what does that actually cost the entire community? It costs over about $230,000 a year to the entire community because you've got rent, you've got payroll, you're not advertising online, you're not paying utilities, you're not paying our local waste removal people. You're not buying office supplies. You're not paying interest on credit cards. So there's a whole bunch of people besides just you that are impacted. I remember an economic development person in Tuolumne County once saying, for every dollar that a small business brought in, you spent 10 in the community. Mm -hmm. So it's something to keep in mind that yeah, we're focused a lot on the private property owner, and we do want to not make this onerous for them, but they are also costing the rest of the community um, real money. So I gave a couple other examples of restaurants, clothing stores, but more importantly, today we went around and did a quick inventory of the vacant buildings in the historic district and in the shopping center and community commercial district and we found that there was just under 40,000 square feet of vacant property wow. that did not have a for lease sign, did not have a for rent sign, did not have a for sale sign. Mm -hmm. Just can you, you repeat that one more time? It was exact, the exact figure was 39,893 square feet wow. of vacant, of vacant, commercial, of commercial, vacant commercial. commercial Property. In just downtown or citywide? 83% of it, 33,000 square feet of it, was in the historic commercial district. That excludes the Utica Hotel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow, was right. I was quite surprised. Yeah. So if we decided that you were spending $1 a square foot per rent for commercial property, which we know is below market, um, you would be losing roughly... Um, over annually, $2.1 million in the community. Wow. Not just the property owner, but payroll that people might be getting, insurance companies, maintenance, um, utilities, stuff like that. So it's, 
it's sort of, uh, when you look at it that way, it's like, wow. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can address this. And a lot of other cities, you had asked about other cities, do they include fees like we're proposing for registration and monitoring? I provided a list of 40 in your packet. Um, almost all of them require a registration and or monitoring fee. Most of them fine by going through their normal code enforcement process. Mm -hmm. A misdemeanor carries with it a certain penalty. Um, some people went a little bit further than that um, and basically said, okay, we're also gonna have you do a vacant building plan. And the first time you don't follow through, we're not gonna charge anything. Second time we're gonna charge you $500. Third time $800, fourth time $1,000, and they just kept going from there. So. Those were what other cities have done. All of them, almost all of them, did it on commercial and residential. There were two exceptions that I found. Um, basically, Gustine does not include residential. Willits, surprisingly, oh, they do not include residential. Hollister did it the opposite way. They only did residential and they didn't get commercial. The rest of them did both residential and commercial, but we have removed in this code amendment um, residential as per council's request. This is part of an overall package. As we've discussed at the last meeting, we're also looking at the Mills Act to try to have some property tax incentives. We did a bunch of review of other areas, um, Tennessee, Come on, I can't remember where in Tennessee it was. It was like Memphis or somewhere like that. They um, experimented with pop-ups in vacant buildings. And I've had some discussions with the fire department about whether some of the vacant buildings around here, we could pre-approve them for certain activities to allow pop-ups. We have a lot of very, very small businesses um, who maybe don't know if it's time to open their own business or not, who maybe just want to give it a shot. So that's something that we might want to consider in the future. The actual code changes, um, and this these have been approved by council, um, removes residential. It expanded the reasons that we're doing the code, um, the health and safety reasons, the economic reasons. It removed provisions that could result in a regulatory takings issue relative to um, requiring certain things for owners to do. It changed the annual fee to a monthly fee, but you do have the option to go back to making it a prorated annual fee. You can't charge somebody more than the service requires. And there are many of these um, cities that charge an annual fee and you have to pay it every year. Well, if two months out of that year you were paying an annual fee and then you have to turn around and pay it again, that's not actually kosher. You actually need to prorate it. And so that's what's been included here, a fee waiver option. And they've made doing the vacant building plan a mandatory part of this process. When you register, you're also gonna give us a vacant building plan. So we can see what are you planning to do with your property? which is very, very. And that comes with a fee waiver or they still have to pay? You can apply for a fee waiver. 
But the idea would be that when you pay your registration and monitoring fee, you also do your vacant plan. So you're basically paying a fee to register, cover monitoring, and covering your vacant building plan. And usually that should be fairly straightforward. I'm planning to do X, Y, and Z over the next X, Y, and Z months. Um, and then there were some cleanups that basically tied it back to our code enforcement, where we call it a public nuisance, and there's a vacant building provision in that also. Did you have anything to add to that? And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Okay, who's up? So, <laughs> so B1, the last sentence, I just have a question, is our food compliance person how are we going to know whether or not somebody has filed? We will have a, a database that we put in our iWorks, um, which now is shared by building planning and code enforcement and public works. And so we can pull up the parcel number and tell. And have we determined what the fee is going to be? No. We're going to have to actually do a mini fee study for that to make sure that what we're actually charging for police, fire to monitor, how often they're gonna monitor, um, and how much it's gonna to take to review the building plan, which shouldn't take that much. Um, and then research what some other people are charging. We don't wanna price ourselves too much higher than anybody else. We know we're somewhere in the ballpark. So real quick, I'm sorry, I'm gonna piggyback on what you yeah, said. So, so the fee that's established, off of a mini fee study that you will set we that fee will get absorbed into the time spent yes. administration code compliance yes. time spent yes and then we may have to establish like an hourly rate if you go over a certain like if you get too many fire calls or police calls yeah yeah, yeah. but we would be bringing that back to you um Review. And you're saying we can't charge above what we come up with no. as time spent. Punitive cost is actually going to be tied to our code enforcement, where a misdemeanor, you have this, blah, blah, blah. That's what everybody else on the planet's doing. And you get, it gets a little touchy when you start going punitive. Okay. So of the vacant. Sorry, Mike Reed. No, no, go ahead. I'm just listening. Um, of the vacant square footage that you just mentioned, that you said 33,000 was in the historical? Yes. And you mentioned that those don't have for rent signs or... For lease signs or for sale signs. And then of that, were any, um, I guess, a code compliance issue? Or was it just that they don't have the signage up? They had not received a complaint. Therefore, they were not a code compliance issue. And that would be, should this ordinance be in effect? Or is that just this? Is, this doesn't make it a. I'm, I'm not. I think I'm. I'm having trouble understanding. Um, we're wrapping my brain around how this is different than code compliance because so because as we talked about before, if they have a sign up that says um, for rent call five 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 whatever. Um, what was the other thing for lease or for, for sale lease or for sale or if you have building, a plan building from there. in fact there were several thousand square feet that i did not include here because we knew that they had a building permit we knew what the plans were for the project right so if they have all of that mm -hmm. and say they're trying to rent it and they've been trying to rent yes. it and no one wants to start, You're fine. start a business You're fine. okay we register you right 
But if you're, and, and it's spelled out in here that the, the code compliance officer, um, they basically, um, I guess I'm just trying to understand how this is going to make a difference. Because if people are already doing that, and that's my question about the dilapidation, because that I understand, we don't want our downtown to look horrible, of course, no one does. But beyond that, if they have a sign up, they're trying to get renters or they've got the building. Those permit. aren't who we're going after. We're going after that 33,000 square feet of property that doesn't, isn't trying to rent, isn't trying to sell, isn't doing any maintenance. And you're sure that they're not trying to rent and all of that? There would be, we would, they, we would find out when we sent them a notice saying, hey, we would like you to file a vacant building plan. And tell us what you're planning so to do. I don't know that right now, what you're saying. Sorry. No, I'm saying that I know for a fact, having looked at the property, that there is no sign in the window. Are they doing it in a super secret back channel, like the theater being for sale? I didn't, you know, right. they're not vacant though. So, yeah, is it possible that one of those people was actually for sale and they weren't telling anybody? Yeah, that's possible. Would we find out? Yes, when we ask them for a vacant building plan. Would that be a code violation? No, they've told us it's for sale. We're done. But you have to post that sign too, correct? We do want a sign to be posted that gives contact so information. Or on Craigslist or whatever they're doing, right? Yeah. Right. However, yeah, we did not go through all of that or every. Some people go on some commercial sites that only they can find. And this also so, gives us a really good, um, basically, contact chain of command in terms of something goes wrong um, because sometimes we can't find the person to get a hold of, the right person to get a hold of in terms of we need to take care of it. And they can have a legitimate issue and they have no property management here at all. It's someone who lives either out of state or is part of a trust or um, an executor. They don't have any contacts here at all either. So this is also a way for us just to make sure when there is an issue, we can get immediate response and basically an immediate team plan to get it resolved. And it, and having somebody do a vacant building plan, it makes them think, what do I want to do with my property? And that's what we're asking you to do. We are asking you to have people with vacant property give some thought to what to do with that vacant property so that it doesn't just stay vacant. For all those reasons we talked about before. Does that mean we're gonna prosecute them and all that stuff? This isn't intended to be a prosecutorial tool. This is meant to get people to do something with their property. Maybe when we talk to them, we find out, oh, they need to find a rehab grant or they need this or they need that. And we can tell them, hey, we can put you on our local register of historical buildings, and guess what? You'll be able to rehab that without having to use the state building code exactly as it's written. We've got some tools for you. We can tell them as an education also. So, so I think, Amy, for me, a lot of what we just touched on is, is kind of my, my bone of contention here. We have there's two different conversations happening one is code compliance and that is the blight that is the that those are the buildings that are not being cared for those are the buildings that we all are aware of uh, that are probably part of your of your statistic here of vacant buildings that are not being uh, addressed by the property owner or by us because we are complaint driven 
So if we were doing our job more efficiently, we would be working with those people to get them compliant and not be an eyesore and not be a downtown, not, not a, a, an issue to see downtown. We, we talk about them all the time. So I think that that is one big issue that we should be addressing, and I think we should be using code compliance for that. That's my opinion. Then with economic development on the other side of the fence, we are also potentially not doing our job in reaching out to those property owners and trying to work with them and help them to use their building in a productive way. And that is to generate t taxes. That is to generate economic development downtown. We don't know what everybody's plan is. We don't, we haven't asked. They all have plans. It, with all due respect, we used to have DAC years ago that probably plugged that hole and did that downtown, or not just downtown, but the economic development conversation. And, and that's what I have found with Destination Angels Camp when they were in existence with the city to try to fill those gaps and fill those vacancies, but we're not doing that. So penalizing somebody to get them to communicate with us is just a far reach for me. However, incentivizing someone and working with the property owners is the direction that I'm leaning. And we've touched on that uh, recently, I think at one of the past meetings when we were talking about this, has there been any effort to strategize an incentivization rather than a penalization process? Yes. Okay, what's that look like? Well, that's one of the things I was touching upon. Okay. Was from a city standpoint, and again, city staff that you currently have on staff, you do not have an economic development coordinator. Mm -hmm. You don't. Right. If DAC was filling that role, that's cool. Um, we were looking at doing a code that talked about pop-ups. Um, we were do, looking at doing the Mills Act as an incentive, and we've already established um, historic. our historical register so you can use the State Historical Building Code. We've already been doing streamlining for permitting processes. Um, so that's what we've been able to do from a planning standpoint. Sure. That was one of my other comments was, what does registering, I, I don't know this, and, and I don't know that anybody else really understands what does registering for a historic property, what, is that, what does that do for you? What is the, where the pros and cons are, as well as what have we done to reach out to communicate those types of incentives? Um, as you know, it's a pretty new thing. We've had yes. less than a year. Um, basically, when somebody, right now, we haven't had staff to go out and contact each and every person that might qualify, but what we have done is when they come in and talk to us, we always tell them, hey, your building probably qualified for the register, and if you do that, you can use the State Historical Building Code, which means you do not have to strictly read what the state code says. There is additional flexibility in it for that is tailored to the fact that you have an old building that mm -hmm. could not possibly meet current codes. And that's a huge difference um, for a lot of people, especially in the historic district. Sure. Good question. Yeah. I, I want to go back to what Gretel said when I made that comment about incentivizing. You know, I that means that all everybody who's down who's downtown right now is doing the right thing. We're gonna say, well thanks for doing the right thing, but we're not gonna help you. I I believe that, you know, if this fee waiver is put in place and it's it's been reviewed, um, it would give somebody an opportunity not to have to pay. And all, all we're asking people to do is demonstrate a good faith effort to, to rent their property. 
And I like the idea of using a local property manager um, because, you know, with the caveat that, you know, I can, I can hang a sign. I own all those businesses downtown. I don't. And I put lease signs on them. But what I'm asking for a month is so prominent that it's scared to do sit vacant just because I'm asking too much. Yeah. And, and, and I think there needs to be a reality check for those folks who are saying, I'm doing the right thing because I'm posting signs. But are they actually doing the right thing? Because they truly aren't trying to be competitive and do what we're asking them to do is, is put you know some bodies in the, in those buildings. Um, so I mean I I I'm fine with the fee waiver, um, but I and I think there's enough teeth in what I well, you know what I'm suggesting is people can can apply for a fee waiver and let's just make sure that they're doing their due diligence to to rent. The buildings and not have them sit vacant and i would also say what this starts helping us put together is that basically that property database in terms of the vacant commercial properties that we have within the city that we can then create that gis layer build that you know build that you know kind of web of page that not only can locals go into it, real estate, you know, um, professionals can look in it, um, and then people from outside the area can look into it to look at these particular properties are for for sale or for lease. This is what they're zoned. This is you know this 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 is the kind of the property characteristics of it. But then we have all of that information, and we have legitimate contact information for all of these properties. And right now, you know. You, you just can't find the person to contact. You can't find who it is that you're going to be able to talk to to even have that conversation. So, I mean, this is not the end-all be-all. This is a step in the right direction. And But I think that it gives us a good starting place. And then we can build upon this because we, we still do. We have, to, we have to work with them. We have to try to appeal to some of them because we're going to have property owners and I say, no, I want $15,000 a month, who have never gotten $15,000 a month. And it's trying to appeal to those property owners, um, kind of the heartstring to, to, you know, if you care about the city, then you, you want to care about having viable businesses in there. And having it vacant does not help us. That's not a legacy I think anybody really wants to pass along. So I think some of those are going to be some um, conversations that are going to have to happen, that are going to take some time, but we at least need to get started. I think then it would play into what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Once you've got, once we've got a database started, then it's so much easier to reach out to them and say, "Do you are you interested in getting a historical status on your building and helping them along the way?" But we have to do something to help the people who are doing a good job downtown and have viable businesses. Right. And I, and I wanted to be very clear that there's two components to this. There's a fee, and then the actual code enforcement slap you on the hand that comes under abatement if it is a public nuisance. Period. So you go through the fee, and you get us a plan. Blah blah blah. It, it becomes a violation when you reach the definition of a public nuisance, which are those deteriorated buildings and and um, infestation and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah.
Whatever you're, so, uh, <laughs> for me, I can go back in time, and we all sat in here, and downtown was on our top ten, you know, list of things that we wanted to, to do. Um, and even the community that took the survey, it was part of their top list that they wanted. I mean, I think police and fire and safety was number one, but downtown revitalization was in the top. Um, businesses have spoke up and said they want this, too. Um, I know there's been incentives type things, grants and different things that have gone on through the years. Um, and for me, it's been years of going downhill downtown. Um, I mean, I can remember a while back when Angel's Food Market was downtown and it was busy. But that's been quite a while. So I think this is just a small step in making downtown better. And um, I think we're asking the, the owners of the building down there to make it better by the small step. And I think this is just a, a good thing that needs to happen. You know, we have examples of the colors and, and Greta who have taken it upon themselves to really turn that section of the town around. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, I look at Carly's building across, you know, and I just think, you know, those facilities could be doing something. And I'm not sure who owns them or why they're vacant, but um, yeah, I. I I, I, I believe we need to work with people, but I think we also need to have them understand that um, something that's vacant isn't generating any money, and and maybe that's okay, but it's not okay. And the one thing, it, I don't mean I'm Italian, I'll put that down. <laughs> but the one thing that, you know, I, I, I think when you are in the trees, you don't always see the tree because all you do is see the forest. But that's a tinderbox downtown too. Mm -hmm. You know, we have vacant buildings that are sitting there. And, you know, and we had a young lady here tonight talking about a homeless situation. You know, if they have access into those buildings, gosh, I mean, it would be terrible. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I don't, I think it's, it's not about being punitive. It's about, I think, being reasonable, you know, and, and setting the bar at a point where we understand where we all would like it to be. So I'd like to go and see what the public has to say at this time. So any members of the public, if you'd like to gladly come up to the podium and give us your insight on this ordinance. <clears throat> So, being on real estate, Mayor Herndon, I'm on both sides. Property rights are very important. We fight for property rights all the time, but also being downtown. Going back to um, Mayor Herndon, one of the comments, there's a couple people we've worked have done two years of presentations for a couple of people that is to get the presentation, but they haven't. There's really no intent to move forward. And that's kind of the, the problem with our app is that because there's no consequence, there's no stuff going on, I think they just drag the process down. And some of them are very elite downtown buildings. So it's not a hard line to be on because I am real estate and it's all about property rights. But I do everything I can to make sure I take care of my corner when re-landscaping. Going back to your tenderbox thing, I'm having to cover the outlets because now the homeless are charging their cell phones on our porch, which go figure, they have cell phones. If <laughs> that was plugged in the wrong spot, something to happen in court, you know, what could that cause? So I'm covering that. So I think it, you know, you don't want to take rights away or say that you're trying to step on rights, but 
we have to do some kind of thing to get people to move in that, that direction. And if you've got the fee waivers in place, that they can come and give you a, a presentation of what they're going to do. But also, I would hope with Amy that there's some timelines in that, because there's also times that people pull stuff and say, we're going to do it. Three years later, you know, everything's done. So hopefully there's time frames in there too. If you're getting that fee waiver, then you do have a set time frame that's going to be on. Thank you. Thank you. Hello there, my name's Roland Wheeler. Um, I'm one of the owners of the historical Angels Camp Hotel building, along with my wife, Nancy Roland Wheeler. We grew up up here and we own the building along with my parents, Roland and Charlotte. Um, I'm excited about downtown, and I believe it all starts when we do something to bring visibility to it. And one of the first things I see in rolling through, I'm from San Diego, but, uh, excuse me, I'm from San Diego, so rolling up last night, I noticed that half of downtown is, the lights are out. And I know there's a program, and I strung all the lights at our hotel, and uh, I, if we had it more lit, we could do some things. As far as uh, vacant buildings, I know some people keep their build buildings really nice, but that may be wrapped up in a trust that they say, after my passing, nothing's gonna happen to it for 20 years. So we know these things. So what do we do to get past that? I believe uh, property rights and ownership, you know, it's hard to tell someone what they can do with their property when they own it, right? But for us, we've created an, an office co-op and we wanna get small businesses into our building. And, you know, we can lease out a 150 square feet or 3,000 square feet, but commercial's hard across the nation. You know, who's doing that right now? But we need to make historic Angels Camp very special, and it starts by lighting it. You know, tomorrow I'll be putting up the flags. I noticed that there's flags all throughout town. Ours doesn't have it. I think there's maybe a, some in the past. Maybe Dad didn't want to have some flags on, but I'm here to commit to all of you that we want to be a part of the community. And we're excited about it. I am excited about it. So, um, as far as Bird's Way in the floodplain, I heard some things earlier. It's important we have ADA, uh, you know, people, tenants with disabilities. They cannot roll down Bird's Way. Five years ago, we came to the city. We've written a letter. We've taken videos of the sinkholes that are happening. So I'd like to go on record to talk about those sinkholes and something desperately needs to be done because someone's going to get hurt. And I'm back there today, and it's it's even worse. Now, I know the city has come in and poured um, gravel and concrete into those holes of sinkholes, but they haven't done anything in probably two decades. So I implore you guys to really take a look at that, use it some of the money that has been funded to protect the cornerstone of Historic Angels Camp, which is the, uh, the birthplace of the Jumping Frog Jubilee. We want to do special things at that place. I love Angels Camp, and I'm buying all the old homes I can buy. And I love restoring them. So if we can um, get Angels Camp going, we're gonna. Excuse me, we're gonna have something very special. So, so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? <laughs> <laughs> I would, just, I would like to add that um, once upon a time, we had cleaning, street cleaning done, and that hasn't happened in a long time. And I've heard different stories of why, but that's something the city could take on and help with cleaning up the streets of the businesses and do some type of street cleaning down there, whether it's a pressure washing once uh, every six months or something, because 
it it's completely filthy from start to finish. I mean, the, the blowing and stuff is helpful, but those the sidewalks themselves and some of the sides of the building are really, really thrashed. And I don't know how else you can do it. I, I've taken a pressure washer to my, my places and, and it needs to be done almost on a like six month basis. I don't know whose responsibility that is, but I do know once upon a time that was done and I believe it was done by the city. And that would be something that would be really nice. I thought, didn't we have a street cleaning machine or whatever you You're talking about the sidewalks. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you can drive it up there if you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is a conversation that we've had internally. Um, so part of the problem, and we're just going to have to figure out a, a different solution um, because the sidewalks one? go towards the creek. Um, the there were some uh, complaints about the uh, dirty soapy uh, water making its way into the creek, which then that creek is then used for drinking water. So um, yeah, so we'll. I don't even think it needs soap. We just have to high pressure water would be amazing. When it rains, it runs out. Yeah, the streets. Okay, do we have any online uh, public comment, Rose? No. Okay, so we're going to close public comment and bring it back for. We have to make a motion on this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We need to actually waive the first reading, and then we've already done the public hearing. So we need to waive the first hearing for ordinance five three volts. I'll make the motion. The motion. I have a second. And a second. Rose, please. Shimente. Aye. Rollo. Aye. Moncada. Aye. Hernan. Aye. Toronto. Hi. Okay, this will continue then for this second reading on December 5th. Next item. Discussion interaction on the bench project guidelines and outreach, direction on downtown garbage receptacles, and an update on holiday decorations for downtown. Um, okay, so we've talked about the bench project. It's included in um, the in the budget. Uh, we're using COVID relief funds um, to purchase those. Uh, so there's a picture in here. We had originally we had gone with a green metal bench, um, and then some business owners really, eh, you know, green doesn't quite go with all of the paint colors downtown. So you know, with you know, what about black? which makes a lot more sense. So uh, we changed them to black. Um, we left the logo still colored. Um, and the benches went through the planning commission. They are specifically uh, short. I think they're four, four feet. feet. Um, that is to ensure that they're not uh, sleeping. Um, mm. uh, made for sleeping them. Um, the question is, and I think the initial conversation was we would grant these benches to the business owners. Um, but then the question starts becoming, well, what happens if that business closes or sells? And then where does the bench go? Um, so, and now we're also talking about garbage receptacles. And I wonder if it might make more sense for the city just to retain ownership of the benches, but 
uh, work with the respective business owners down there if you want a bench out in front of your business. But these are the only types of benches that can actually go downtown. So no other no other mm -hmm. ones. Um, we would we would be prepared to pick them up um, if you don't want to take yours home or do whatever you're going to do with it. But these specifically were designed so that we don't have an ADA issue on the sidewalks. Um, and so this is the only uh, design that's approved to go on those sidewalks. Do other benches that are there now pose an ADA yes. issue? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they would all have to go. Um, there's not a ton downtown, um, but, you know, we looked at benches as really a benefit to downtown. If we can get people walking downtown, they will sit on the benches, they will spend more time downtown. Um, and so there's there's a there's an economic benefit to having benches down there. Um, uh, Jesse Gibbs was the uh, the. Uh, contact uh, through ACBA, so I've had um, conversations with him and shared this information with him as well. Um, but it's it's ultimately council's decision if you want to um, retain ownership of the benches. Um, and I, I think in my head that almost kind of makes more sense. Otherwise, um, we have uh, the application in here for the guidelines that they understand that bench lives there. So if that business were to close, um, there's potentially not going to be an owner of the bench um, because that was the business owner, not necessarily the property owner, um, but it can't leave that property. So it might just make more sense for them just to be municipal benches, but we would still want uh, the, the business sign off just the fact that they want a bench in front of their in front of their respective businesses i'm assuming they're going to be anchored correct they're going to be anchored and they are heavy yeah. and they're power coated they're power coated are they comfortable yeah. i feel like sometimes you get things because you think it's going to look nice and then you try it out and it's a little oh uncomfortable God, people aren't watching a concert <laughs> right when you're going to sit down i'm just i'm okay yeah <laughs> um they're pretty standard municipal benches so um but we didn't make them comfortable is there any option to have a and i've heard this from some businesses this is why i'm asking but rather than one bench two small chairs and a small table these are ordered in bulk and also is that ada compliant that's what i'm asking is there any option for the same size like solution no we start getting into like space too much issue. yeah um so this was what the planning commission went through this is what made sense for ada access because we have limited uh, real estate on those sidewalks um and then we've also looked at the garbage cans because those are uh Garbage pounds were purchased with a grant um, through Cal Waste, mm -hmm. and they're just, uh, they're dirty and they're ugly and they're plastic, and they get blown over into the street and across the sidewalk, and people move them. Uh, so the idea was to have uh, uh, garbage receptacles that kind of match the benches, so mm -hmm. kind of metal or black mm -hmm. um, with our 
logo on it, but they would be fixed. And again, they're going to be heavy, they're going to be fixed, so um, you can't move them. And we would place them in areas where they're not going to impede um, walking. And so you have thinking people, 10 cans, right? Hmm? 10 garbage cans? That's what we're thinking of. And you can't fit like a big no bag or main kitchen or like a small opening so you yes. can stick a cup in it. Because when I walk like downtown, I all like a lot of the cans are full of people's personal garbage all the time. Yeah. So it's onesie, twosie stuff can't fit in there. Um, how many how many benches? Ten so cans. Twelve. We ordered twelve. Yeah, twelve. Twelve. Okay. And then we talked about it earlier. Uh, regarding the park maintenance, yeah. we're going to have staff take on some additional role here, uh, some additional duties. And in the strategic plan, it talked a lot about, yeah. Yep. So, so right now, Cal Waste comes through. They will empty the yeah. garbage cans that are there. Right. They will not empty these. No, so exactly. this so will staff. be, staff will have to go through on a on a scheduled basis and pull, you know, pull the bags, load them up, and then haul them all to one um, central dumpster. Yeah. And you think that staffing is adequate for that rather than... I mean, I, I'm hearing two things. I'm hearing that we may potentially be having a staffing issue with regard to... We have a problem no matter what. I know. Um, How, and what I can tell you is it. the garbage cans are the biggest complaint that we get from business of downtown. Perfect. And there is a liability because those things do go into the road. So um, I don't... There's not a... There's no way of getting... Those garbage cans are the ones that Cowboys will empty. Yeah, so, the Cowboys ones are going to go away. Cowboys right. would go away. No more, even on the corners. No. The Cowboys empty them. Yeah. So we would put fixed. We would put fixed garbage receptacles in the public areas that make sense. Are there going to be like recycling and garbage? I mean, are there going to be two or just garbage? No, she's saying yes. She's saying no. I think it's just, you can. You put you decals. You can get the two. You put decals on. Oh, the decals. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, right now the Cal Waste ones—I don't know how—they start with their garbage and a recycle, and then they end up all recycle, and then the garbage is stuck somewhere. It's down the creek. Yeah. I just wonder if ten cans is even enough. That is a start. So I mean, this we is will sacrifice the Cal Waste ones. So there's the Cal Waste ones are by U.S. Bank. There's in front of Deo. Yeah. There's Cal Waste ones all over. So we would be switching those to a. An Angels Camp one. Are we only? Are, just, are we just doing downtown? We're just doing downtown. Well, right now, I'm just focusing on yeah. downtown. So the rest of it, I think, still, we okay. need to yeah. consider at some point working Growing. through the rest of them. Yeah, and I don't know necessarily why all of the cans are all the places where they're at. With Cowways. With Cowways, mm -hmm. they kind of um, they they roll all over. They, they well, uh, I'm sure they grow. They've been moved. They've been moved. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not entirely sure that those are all the places where they were right. intended to be to be at. Well, I think that part of this part of Calways could pull up to those locations. Yeah, there are certain spots that they can't pull up and grab those things and dump them. If mm -hmm. I remember right, right. With the yeah. so there were some weird spots that that's where Calways could grab them or and, like and staff time didn't have to go do it. Yeah. yeah um, and then in terms of downtown decor, uh, the the light strands that go across the highway. There's three. Um, there's three strands that go across the highway. Those are owned by ACPA. Um, and then ACPA asks the city to hang them up on an annual basis. They, uh, we have staff spend hours every year to try to 
MacGyver them back together. Mm. Uh, so our recommendation is just to go ahead and replace them. We would own the lights. We would be responsible for the lights and the maintenance and the storage of the lights. Um, and they still have to adhere to Caltrans standards, which means we can't have red lights and we can't have green lights. We can have white lights. No gold ones either. What's the color we can have? I think the ones downtown are white. White yeah. is fine. Yeah. You say no gold? No gold. You can't travel to no colors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but the deal is if you wait until January or February to buy them, you get 33% off. Um, so they go on sale in just like holiday, right? They go on sale after Christmas. Right. Great. Um, so uh, the, this was um, this was contemplated in discussion as part of the budget, but it wasn't actually funded as part of the budget. It was a conversation that we would bring back at a later time. This is the later time, but my recommendation is to go ahead and approve uh, funding these, but we would make the purchase in January or February. And then the poll will be on our conversation. So ACBA found in the museum. Can we, can yeah. we, so on the holiday decorations, we're purchasing those, but we're going to make the ones that we have due for this for year. This year. So for this year. We're going to release them. lights. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, those are we won't make those. We pay them for you, however we get up there and do it. Okay. We hire gold or gold. Okay. okay, bring them the truck down. Thank you. Um, so ACBA uh, found these Christmas decorations in the museum barn. Um, they were these big, old-fashioned, heavy poinsettias or something. Yeah. Um, now, of course, a Christmas tree has a candle, a candle and a Christmas tree. They're heavy. They have these little hook arms that went on the back. So, uh, you know, we kind of looked at them, and I've never really paid that much attention to the light poles downtown, but if you look at them, they've got these little arms that go across. Those are not the arms that could that could support those. Mm -hmm. So it's either that the light poles got changed or the hardware on the on the light poles got changed. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But those are too heavy to go on those arms. So if you look at the light poles, um, which probably no one has paid that much attention to the light poles. Well, I looked the other day. I remember when they put those in, it was when the bypass opened. The little flagpole? Yeah, because no. they were we were the base camp of the Sierras. Oh, yeah. And remember they had we had oh, Bear Valley ones, oh, and we had right. golf ones, so, and, and we had it's the whole Yes. So it's like yeah, like go to Bear Valley, go yeah. golfing, go to skiing or whatever. So there are yeah. great inexpensive decorating mechanisms, but those are what those arms are for. They're for pole banners. Um so pole banners can be bought um really inexpensively. They can be hung without a bucket truck. Um so um we're not having to pay, you know, to rent a bucket truck to go and install anything. And they can be used for holiday decor, they can be used for you know, in between holiday decor just I mean Rob John could take advantage of it. Or, yeah, you could um, do stuff for yeah. So there's lots of different options that could be used um, for those. I mean, just some examples of pole banners. Um, if you look, some of them have double double arms mm -hmm. on both sides. Some of them only have an arm on one side. Um, but again, relatively inexpensive. 
Um, so I would recommend looking at that as an option. And we've also kind of talked about if there's a way to get away from the banner option that goes all the way through town, that might be an option as well. And we also have a banner option side uh, next to in front of Utica Park banner option that's engineered um, that we will be um, also moving forward with. So there's other advertising uh, opportunities other than banners and um, things that would have to go across the highway. So I'm going to put a pitch in for a boom truck. We used to have one, um, and obviously something happened to it, and I don't know what the cost if we you know, received any estimate on what it would cost to put it back together, but uh, you know, I, I think it's a it's a valuable tool for our, our maintenance group, you know, for trees, et cetera. And if we do away with banners or not, you know, I, I was gonna talk about it, but we tabled that item. Um, but do we know how much it would cost to refurbish our boom truck or it was too old. I don't think. Yeah. So, so too yeah, old. we couldn't refurbish it. So it would be purchasing a new boom truck. Or used. Yeah, but new to us, it would be a new, new to truck. us. Mm -hmm. right. I, I, I talked to you about something. I got an idea coming up. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it. There was just, and that's a 100% general fund. So our other equipment. It could be, it could be COVID dollars. Uh, we could. Um, but I'm pointing to Michelle. Where you are? It's Michelle's public dollars. Right. So in this budget, we've allocated all the goods. Yeah. So we would have to take away something. So it's either we take a portion of the four hundred thousand that's in the park. Um, we would have to take, you know, some. So we'd have to go through the budget to determine what we want to. Peel and, off. and I can ask you, and Michelle can chime in. Around at the end of our ability to spend public funds, or is that? Has that been extended? The um, deadline to expend the funds through twenty twenty six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, three, three years. So it's ten. Not just allocated the spend. Right. Spend. spend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's definitely a, a budgetary consideration, but those are all allocated all those dollars are allocated so we would just have to have that conversation in terms of peeling something off um so just in terms of direction i'm looking for direction from council if you want to retain ownership of the benches as opposed to granting them to individual business owners um, if you want to move forward with the rubbish camps <laughs> move forward with the downtown decor and pull banners. It doesn't, it doesn't become a liability either way, right? Liability issue either way. I mean, we're really going to, I mean, it's our property and we're granting it to the, the business owner and it's in front of the, that person's business and the op and in exchange they maintain it, etc. Right. And they have their customers have a place to sit. Yeah. And we're liable no matter what. We're liable no matter what. We had something got bit by a dog out of the fairgrounds and we got made in one place. Yeah. You know, I, if you're asking yeah. opinions, my opinion would be for us to retain ownership, but if I ask them permission and have them fill out some type of form saying that they, that they would maintain it yep. in front of that would be my recommendation. 
So before we start polling council, I think what we'll do is have public comment on this. So any members of the public that have anything to add to our discussion? No, like from our building business. I just want a quick, quick clarification that's what we've looked into because I've had some people come back. Rebecca, yep. on the things that we have that we found in ACBA, mm -hmm. the current polls, the structure on them, our integrity, those, those, you've seen the Christmas tree, you've seen, I think, yeah. um, Carolyn, you, I think you've seen that night with us. Even if we try to find a way to attach that, because we have people say, what if we made a different bracket to do that? There would be like, could there, would those polls hold those? Is right. that our understanding? They would not. I, I don't believe that they would. Per per public works, no. Those okay. those little arms are for like the little flip. But I mean, if there's another way to, because we've had a couple people talk about oh, another bracket. bracket or something. Um, like, do we know welders? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and those are not our polls. How can I do it years? Or, I'm sorry, is the stuff that I've found it has never, it hasn't been used at least in like the last 18 years. So, and it's interesting where some of those are. Gregor found a picture she sent me the other day of somebody advertising one of the buildings up and the candle that we found in there. The candle was actually in the center of the, the road at one time. It probably could have been used because it was red at that time, probably couldn't be used now, but it hung somehow on the wires. So it was part of the whole, the trees and that were part of the whole decoration. I don't know how long ago that picture was that you sent me, um, but at one time, yes, I was all incorporated somehow, but I don't know how many years we tried to look at this all and we can't figure out. We, we asked Dave, who's been here for, I think he just hit his 21 21st year, and he had a vague recollection of that going up. So Maybe instead of focusing on the downtown with him, we look at Putting them in yeah, other way. Yeah, using them maybe in Frogtown or Frogjet Plaza or um, you know somewhere else where it's not a Caltrans owned pole. Mm -hmm. Just spitballing. But oh, sorry, so, did you have more public? Yeah, did you have more public? No, that was just that question came up, and even we talked about the other night during yeah. the White Hawk. Yeah. Maybe the developer would allow us to do something fun in there, so they don't, you know, have they don't put anything right. fun up there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something where because they're really cool. Did anyone plug them in? Do they still work? Yes, okay. they do. Yeah, we did test them. And again, we have no boom truck. Right. And so and they're really, they look kind of heavy. They're heavy. They're heavy. Yeah. They're heavy. Yeah. They're heavy. They're heavy. And is there a, a picture of these benches? Um, yes. They fit the, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, they're, in the, they're, in the, they're in the packet, yeah. but. Okay. So. What do you want to see? Oh, the just benches. the fit the, the style of downtown. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it looks like they're so it's good. And then. Do all of those lines uh, through the whole historic downtown, and I'm not sure how far you consider historic downtown, does it go all the way past the 49er Chevrolet, or where does it stop going north? Does it go to Utica? It doesn't go past Utica. It does go past Utica. It does on that side, but on the other side, okay. that little stiff, uh, really sharp corner that comes in, S, no, I can't come up with the name, that's where it ends on that side. So as you discussed lighting, uh, is there a way to, is there a way to put LED lighting that's consist consistently the same through the entire roof line? Because a lot of people come downtown and they want to take those picture postcards, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's a great skyline when you see that offset. Right. So, so the lighting that was downtown, that was a project that was done by ACBA several mm -hmm. years ago. Okay. Um, those are not city property lights. Um, the the that was a project that ACBA reached out to each one of the individual 
building mm -hmm. owners at that time. Right. And then those were installed, I don't know if it was done by a contractor or volunteers, or I have no idea mm -hmm. how those were installed. Um, and then nothing has happened to them since. Sure. So like uh, Mr. McCullough, he just went ahead and took care of them. So we have nothing to do with him redoing his lights. He took it upon himself as the building owner to redo his lights on that building. And but, I did the lights on my building. Right. So, but, but we I, don't, the I other. It looks consistent with everything else. You know, it's kind of a hot pot, right? Yeah. So, but I know we need light downtown and it's important, but is there a way, uh, are there funds available so that it could be coordinated to run the whole thing or? So again, so I think ACPA was looking into that with a new light project, but they didn't have enough of the property owners to allow. Right. Uh, you know, with this thing, you have to have a consistent right. group, and yeah. there's people in the in the there's building owners. This was a big huge project Correct. that we worked yeah. on for like probably eight months mm -hmm. of wasted time. Building <laughs> owners in the middle that don't want to participate, and if you don't have a running line, it doesn't work. Yeah. And we had different reasons because some were going to be doing. Redoing the front, some were going to be redoing the roof, so it didn't so work that time. So, just by the time we got done, it just wasn't going to look consistent. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and I that, know that, that was an effort, a, a large Some years effort. ago with uh, the the facade renovation, right? Is that what you're talking about? Is that what back like? The no, facade grant was like 20 years ago. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah. And they gave people money to paint their buildings yeah, and stuff. Yeah, do the awning. Just in the last year, Acquis has tried to do the lighting on buildings and people don't want to do it. So it's very We've frustrating. Well, it's, it, you know, it, it happens. It's, it's a that communication thing, right? So we got to figure out how to get a hold of all those people. But um, I think a consistency with the lighting would be good. Mm -hmm. And then open the Well, and this kind of goes back to getting the contact information for all, all right. the buildings downtown, mm -hmm. including the vacant ones. Um, where if we have that, then we kind of have a, a door opening that we can have that conversation. And part of the budget includes um, kind of some beautification or business grants for downtown. And so there might be more of an incentive, you know, for the business grants to say, you know, we would be willing to grant you X number of dollars to replace your lights on your building. So it's not necessarily, we're again, not taking ownership over any of it. We're not gonna maintain it, but we're offering a solution to those buildings to kind of beautify them. To do a business grant? Business grant. That's what's in the budget as well. That, that grant money. Okay, sorry. And then is there, a, as far as city maintenance, Greta, you have public restrooms at your place, right? Who, who takes care of those? Is it city maintenance? And is there a regular schedule where they come down and they can take the trash all the way down Historic Angels Camp, collect it, take a pressure washer, wash it down with just water, no soap? Is there a regular schedule where they come and try to beautify the, the city-owned sidewalks? So what we'll do is we'll have you get together with Rebecca at another time and yep. you guys can talk about all the downtown improvement ideas and things like that. We're going to try to stay on topic, yep. which is Great. just for the, the holiday decor right now. Thank you, Roland. And the trash cans and eventually. <laughs> uh, any other public comment regarding this item? Sorry, one more. Okay, I'll stay on topic too. Um, I uh, I like the idea of the benches. I think that would look very nice. It would look very uniform downtown. Um, with the sidewalks being washed, it would really look nice. And um, as far as the garbage cans go, I have seen, I have caught 
people putting, because I take care of the garbage cans at the porch and I put them in my own trash can. And I have caught people not only putting their household garbage in there, but all the way down, businesses put their garbage in the garbage cans. Wow. And so if, if you get these garbage cans, we have to get them we to where there's some, mm -hmm. something small because it is, I, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I actually went through someone's garbage and took their garbage back to their house. So it's actually, yeah, I found the receipt. Um, it is actually, businesses actually do that also. So it's not just, it's not just the residences that, it, that do it, it's the actual businesses. Okay. By the way, staying on the trash subject, it is a major problem. We get it in front of our, our place, chairs being abandoned in the back of our place, our cans being filled up. And is there a chance where the jailhouse is, where it says no parking, there's a, a great big space, put a, a, a big venture back there so that all these cans can be taken out. And I'd be more than happy to empty our trash or have my tenants empty their trash in that can and, and help beautify and keep it going. But that's a good spot for it. I put locks on my dumpsters, otherwise the entire oh, yeah, town would, would, would have it. Yeah. They oh, yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to close public comment, unless there was anybody online, Rose. Somebody? Okay, so bringing it back. And, Carolyn, do you want to comment? Sure. Um, I think that we should retain ownership of the benches. Um, yeah. And then where you at with the other two? Garbage cans, yes, yes. Uh, it's something that I actually hear a lot of when I go downtown and go into businesses. It's one of the, the most things that I hear. And then, um, and I do think it, it falls in line with the, the development um, of downtown. And then uh, the decor, yes. I mean, that uh, that decor we've had is, is, it's not, I mean, it's, I love it. It's beautiful, but it's, Oh, yeah, I love it. And I think we could do, you know, we were just kind of talking on the side here, but like you could do them for homecoming, mm -hmm. you could do them for Fourth of July, you could do patriotic ones. I mean, I think it's a great, I think like with COVID, we could have done all the kids on the banners. I didn't even know we had those, but right. yeah. I'm a nice part with on the on the pole banners because you can literally change them with the extension yeah. uh, poles. That's where we can coordinate with high school kids. I mean, there's it doesn't just have to be staff, oh, but right. when we start getting into heavy things, mm -hmm. we're not needing a, a boom truck right. and any other things, then we're very limited on who can do what. So for me, I'm a, I'm a yes on the benches and do retain ownership. I don't see a lot of maintenance on that. I don't think it's going to be too much of a burden. Maybe a sweep every now and then or a wash. Um, garbage cans, yes. Uh, and you stick with the small opening for all the very reasons we, we stated tonight. Um, decorations, I do think we should invest in some new decorations when everything's on sale. In the meantime, let's utilize what we have. I would like to be collaborative with ACPA and trying to use these other uh, decorations that we've found and figure out a way to use them if that means that we help hang or, I don't know, some modification or something. I'm sure we can put our heads together and figure out it just makes sense that we found them and, and let's try to use them whether we use them in other areas uh not just downtown um and in caroline's idea i liked um or ha hang them where we can and beautify what we can and what was the last oh the, the little flaggy things 
Um, I, I like them and I think we can grow with them. I just don't want that to be our only holiday decoration downtown. That's not enough for me. No. So in addition to others, yep. absolutely. And I think that we can do fun stuff with them. I think we could do spring flowers. I've always thought we needed, we used to have flowers downtown, which is another sore subject where flowers couldn't get watered and, and property owners weren't watering the flowers. But I love to come into a town and seeing like the hanging baskets of the beautiful flowers. So maybe if we could do banners with flowers, those, those banners with flowers for spring and purple and gold for homecoming and, and red, white, and blue frogs during fair, I think we could grow with those. So uh, personally, that would be great. You could do all the frog banners on those. Over the years, yeah. yeah. There's so many different things we can do. We can have fun. I mean, these they they're showing that they're personalized. It says "Season's Greetings, City of Casper." Mm -hmm. So we could say, "You can have say whatever We could say, "Rosie the Riveter." Mm -hmm. You can't beat her record. You right. could you could tease people and comment. So yeah, that's where I'm at with all of them. Isabel. In an effort to not repeat everything that you just Come said, on, I say agree it. with all of that. And I think that this will help with the beautification of downtown and hopefully drawing some new business. Mm -hmm. okay. So, yes, on yes, yes. Okay. Oh, and say no to something. I am. <laughs> I'm actually going to. What are you going to say no to? Well, here's my question Jesse left, though. So, but we're going to kick the plaque project out, right? Is what I'm reading in the oh, bottom of this I too. Oh, that question. Yeah, the funding. I have no funding. idea where like the plaque project is inside. You're I'm, talking well, about the no, I'm talking about plaques. Front plaques. Okay. I know you're talking, talking about, about the buildings, the right? Plaques. We found the thing too, I, and I think we're going to have to re reconsider that whole thing because those plaque designs never went to planning commission to begin with okay um so i think we're gonna have to redo that concept anyway right, so um, i sat in a meeting with jesse we yeah. found them we we're gonna not do because what how many were there there were like a whole herd of them but we were only gonna do businesses that had or buildings that have active businesses right, in or something like that so I just but, want to make sure that we're okay with not doing those plaques because that, that was part of the conversation for right now. For right yeah. now, and then okay. we've had conversations with Martin um, and with others about doing still. There's buildings that want a plaque on their building. Gotcha. Um, which is not what Akba or Dak or whoever had originally okay. started that project. It's it's different. Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm just yeah. We talked about tying them into our register of cultural resources. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So going down the list, I will go ownership of beds. Yes. Holiday swag. Yes. Banners. Yes. Garbage cans. I think we're starting to tax our guys too much, and it's one more thing to go do three or four times a week. I, I agree that those cans are god awful, They're horrible. and people stuff things in them, and but. The, you, can, you only have so many guys at, at Public Works mm -hmm. and water sewer, and you're asking them to do one more thing. So for me, I'm a no on the garbage can right now, but I'm going to get out of the Here we go. I worry at, at the way you do out about our tax and our guys. I, But I also, you know, you just wonder whether or not we can become more efficient and you're doing a study right now you know and the part goes in with new irrigation um i'm just flabbergasted because i learned for the first time that an, an owner can say no you can't string lights in front of my building so all this time i've been driving down the street 
Those lights are out. What's that? That's a section of lights. That's like the lights I put up on my house. Right. Um, I. I don't know how you how you weigh, and and I think it's a a, a discussion that this council is going to have to have regarding staffing, mm -hmm. and and looking at a realistic number, and that goes along with the boom truck and everything else that is was written in a strategic plan. It's getting late and can't talk, but um, I, I think I think it's a, a, a bigger conversation that we have to have. Or, or we're not going to be able to keep the folks that we have. So um, I'm going to be a go um, on all of it with the understanding that we need to have a conversation regarding staffing. Mm -hmm. And I think the hope, too, is that by beautifying downtown that it'll be more invigorating and we'll bring in more businesses, hopefully. Right. And, like, you know, it's just... We have to start somewhere. Which brings... Which then brings more income, which then we can maybe yes. fund another person. Yeah. I mean... I have a question. Sorry, and I should have gone for the, um, But with the coal banners, are we going to focus on lights going past, sort of back toward the museum? Will those also get banners? If they have arms. Okay. Yes. So, so it would be great to include it, obviously, oh, in a yeah. coal, but yeah. to keep it. I looked yeah. how far it went, how far they went, and I think it's, like, around the museum where mm -hmm. they stop. I think that's the last place they have arms. Okay. So I didn't want to have to get into it. Adding arms. Right, but, but if you've got them, yes. Okay. That was my question. There you go. Okay. Can I can I just make a wacky comment? And I know this is totally off subject, but we've talked about the historic registry a couple times tonight. Mm -hmm. What about reaching out through a mailer to historic registered potential property owners and trying to do a, a, a promotion or an education about historic. We have historic property. Is it registered? Is the post office registered historic downtown? So we haven't even done it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Gretel, have you done it? Yeah, I, on Thursday. <laughs> so I'm trying to, there's a lot of ways that I think we need to capture opportunities and we're hinging on the, on the, on the, teetering on the, you know, on the edge of it. So educating people about historic registry. Uh, let's not miss that opportunity. Well, how many so, that's out of my brain. How many coffees downtown meet their well, that's, I don't know the pros and cons. I don't know. Yeah. Is there a deep I don't remember down? hearing anything about it until just recently. And I, I actually don't even that. know and what my yeah, yeah. You took a left turn here. Yeah. Yeah. Got on the and bus. Didn't you guys take to start like a year ago? December of last year. Yeah. It's still relatively new. But then that doesn't okay. I'll be quiet. We're going to have to. You have clear direction on yeah. item seven F. Oh, do we need to roll? Well, we give the direction. Okay. Yeah. Seven F is adopt resolution twenty three eighty five approving a mutual aid assistance agreement between City of Angels and UPUD. Um. So this is. This is pretty much a very similar agreement, um, similar to what we did with Utica Water Power Authority. It's basically just a way for us to share resources should um, an issue arise where we need to. Uh, the nice part with UPUD is they are a water provider. We're a water provider. So um, we can, uh, we've talked about, you know, potentially some cross-training between our two entities in case there was, you know, we needed an operator crossover or, you know, staff, whatever it is. So, um, 
Jessica and uh, self, the GM for UD, uh, UD and I have been working on this for a while. It was reviewed by legal and it's really just putting it in place uh, in just in case. I think it's a great idea looking at the draft agreement number four on the personnel. Um, you know, the reality is if, if some of our personnel are injured, they're going to pay the workers comp, but it's going to impact our XMOD factor. So, I mean, our, our rates are going to go up. So are you going to factor that the increase in rates due to that if someone is, is hurt, Rosie? You understand what I'm saying, Rosie? Because you do personnel. It does, and this is the same issue we run into on all of our mutual aid, right, um, right. whether it's fire, police, right. um, water, wastewater, it sounds good on paper, you know, I mean, they're going to pick up workers' comp costs, yada, 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 but there's a back door to them, and that back door is, it's going to cost us more on the increase. On the front, on the back side, because our X mod will go up, and it'll be with us for... Well, when they're talking, when they're talking about workers' comp insurance here, it's that our hourly rate, our employee, includes a workers' comp rate. Right, right. Um... So at some, if, if they were to get hurt on the job, we will know what that impact is for workers' comp a year or two later once oh, we get that. Two years, yeah. yeah. So we wouldn't, you know, that, that, that's you, just you couldn't go. charge. No. Right. And all, all I'm saying for you know transparency, I appreciate what is written here. But the backside of that is, is that that's going to have a financial impact on us mm -hmm. if someone gets hurt. And that, that's the reality. Um, or on them, depending or on them. Right, right. Yes. Price price. I think it's a great idea. So to piggyback off that, we are responsible for paying. So if we borrow someone from you, you can pay the salary for Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. We pay their full weighted rate. Mm -hmm. And then the workers' comp, we also pay that? Well, that's just part of the wages. And we pay for that equipment that comes with them. Mm -hmm. So they're the operator. It's a package deal. Yep. And if they get hurt, we would... If they get hurt, it's going to impact their workers' comp and their staffing and everything. And vice versa. It goes on our so the alternative to that would be to have them for a moment in time become an employee of UPD while they're working well, for those few hours. I'm just, yeah, right. I'm just trying to think, well, what's the rationale of sending someone as emergency? emergency. emergency. We I don't know emergency, but, but I, I also read into here, it, you know, in case, you know, we, we needed additional support to fix a problem. I mean, that's an emergency. I mean, it's not a flood or a fire or whatever, but... Um, it's an operational emergency. It's an operational emergency. So we're not just going to borrow equipment. We could be borrowing them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For COVID, everyone was COVID. Yeah. 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 I think workers' comp is workers' comp. Yep. You know, but the reality is um, there's no way that, you know, either agency is going to get truly reimbursed for that workers' comp cost. Right. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. I think we would be more um, susceptible to uh, having an accident if we were too low staffed, honestly, yeah. Yeah. and didn't well, have the mutual. No, exactly. No, I, I, I agree 100%. Public comment on this issue. Anybody online? No. Okay, any further questions or comments from the council? 
Should make a motion to approve resolution 
and it's another committee. So um, if that's the case, you don't want five subcommittees because that means you're going to have to sit on five more committees. Um, as opposed to, you know, maybe it's just one of these. Maybe you say, I only have, we only have the bandwidth for one, um, or we have the bandwidth for both of these, but then that's it. So, um, and then my recommendation would be, you know, just kind of think about ad hoc. Um, if we ever have an issue, like I said, like a declared emergency, I would come to council and say, I, I think we just need to go ahead and solve the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. um, and then you would, you would give, you would take a vote on that. We would set it up, and then you once we're done with it, um, then we would bring it back, and we would um, we would end it. Um, subcommittee just kind of just keeps going. Mm -hmm. You can still always say, you know, it just doesn't make sense to have the subcommittee anymore. We've done all the land use changes we possibly could want to do, and we're planning great, and everything's perfect. So we just don't really see any for it anymore, and then we would take an action to disband that subcommittee. Could they be as needed? Uh, Ad hoc, yes, hoc, but not the other subcommittee is they have to meet every so whatever whatever their schedule is. Okay. And who forms it can only be two council members and then members of the public. It's a it's, or it's open staff public. So, yeah. No, but I mean who who's who's on the board of the committee? Council, two okay. council members, uh -huh. and then I it's just like here. So you would have two council members staff. Staff, and then I'm like here, the staff is here. Okay. Yeah. Amy might or be here for this, or it could be, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Stakeholders outside the community, or? Uh-huh. Yeah. Open to public. It's open to public. It'd be agendized. But, but outside so, of Colorado County? So, public is public, okay. so whoever. So we'll have public coming just to say, Roland. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So um, this is that many more committees that you're going to have to be on. Correct. But, and, and us, but I mean. Yes, but I think that I do my time. Isolating the time and, and, and our time here. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. you're not sitting here for four hours. Okay. You're, you might be sitting in that subcommittee for two hours, but then that subcommittee hashes everything out. And Only that topic. All yeah. of that just focused on that topic. So when it comes to city council, We've got all these questions already answered in the staff report. So and the all, recommendation and the recommendation, and then you know, you might still have you know a, a million questions, but for the most part, we would have gone through all of that and that you know kind of figured out all of those open holes or gaps in the staff report that you wanted more information. And the other thing is it prevents things. So land use, I I see it. We would have to go to the subcommittee before we go to the planning commission. And so the benefit of that is we're not taking anything to the planning commission if it's not ready. Right. Vetted, yeah. Which it helps them too. And then it helps yeah. them and it makes sure that you guys are on the same page instead of planning commission going a direction and then coming to council and it goes a different direction. So going back to that vacancy ordinance, did that, that didn't have to go back through them because we weren't there? But I think that it really does help because it prevents things that aren't, I think it, it prevents things that you as council are going to be uncomfortable with from going to planning commission first. Mm -hmm. Instead, we've got everything through and then you decide, you know, I, I don't, this, I don't, we don't want this to go to any commission. Or, um, or, you know, let's just change a few things on it. Then it goes, then it comes back to city council. 
So I've been talking to Chief Ellis about this one, and it was like, a, was it public safety we were talking about, or you, you were talking about a committee? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking. Because we that, could, you can incorporate even the superintendents. And are we talking about the threat management team? Maybe that's what it was. I mean, like there, there's things that you can, maybe that's ad hoc, but um, but that was one that's been on my mind for the city. And you just want to think like the ad hoc is it's it's a it's a it's a it's an impending issue that's happening, and then there's a, right. There's this a would be this would be more like um, it's a one-time issue. I'm thinking more that like, it, it could be over a head. Right, but it's, it's not budget for the next twenty years. Yeah. It's no. we want to buy tables, and it takes us a year to buy. It's just I don't right. want. It. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking a committee where you're left of boom, not right of boom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, public comment on this one. We're all looking tired. The time changed. <laughs> it's like, um, so bringing it back, um, what's everybody's flavor on? I mean, I clearly see the benefit of having committees. I don't know where to stop. I mean, I feel like we could have to get out of here. No, I don't have any more time. I love well, every each one of you, but I don't have maybe any it's more not, time. Maybe it's not me, then you wouldn't have to. It might not be me. I know, I get yeah. but I just, I'm already on. Yes. With Utica, and I'm on the financial committee there, and oh, I can't. I, 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 maybe my my outlook would change a year from today, but right now, this time frame, another committee meeting or something, I can't. So there, that's my there. There's my director. but I do see the benefit. Don't get me wrong, I do. Oh, no. Where I'm sitting right now, no. I, yeah, I just see that there's some additional um, work that can get done that we don't have the resources to work on either in this meeting or because we also have all these other committee meetings. These are very specific, specifically driven committees where maybe not all of us are participating right. because of time commitment, but. Well, and the reality is if you're passionate about that issue, yeah. you would be on that committee. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's not like what we're going to talk about shortly. There's committees a set of committees and we have to be assigned to them. I mean, when these things came up, I mean, one of the things that Amy, uh, that Amy, I'm sorry, I have Amy on the brain, what Rebecca and I talked about is when I read the bylaws, I looked at our council bylaws and those need to be updated. I mean, that, I don't know if that could be an ad hoc committee because it's a short term project and one and done and, and working with the attorney and you'd be done. Yep. Um, so you're you're making two recommendations land use and economic development These what are, is the level of like need for those, for those right now those are subcommittee not subcommittees yeah. those are the areas that i see taking up a lot of time at every single yeah. council member meeting that we're having right now and maybe it's because well i i like i said i've driven i'll be here for two years and we've done a ton of code change land use code change we have I mean, it's, it's all done. And we're getting close, but then you're just going to have kind of your regular stuff. But we've done some pretty fundamental changes. And so um, 
Now, it, so those take up a lot of time at a, at a council meeting, and they take they're taking up a lot of time at planning commission, and then it's coming here, and then well, do we need to go back to planning commission for that one, or do we just keep bringing it back? It sounds to like council? land use is up your alley too. <laughs> you know, no, no. I just got a job with Calaveras uh, Shalapalapay. Come on. <laughs> I'll take you tomorrow. Um, but these were just two that you wanted to consider and you wanted to go back and but, think about these. But if you go, no, I, I don't want any yeah. of these. I want, you know, an emergency preparedness subcommittee. Okay. Or I want a finance, but, you know, budget subcommittee or i want a general policy subcommittee what about a unit with park ad hoc committee ad hoc well, then, yes which, which, which would be which, are which would attend what? the meeting right and then report back and then i don't know what would that accomplish that would accomplish it not being on our agenda every month or, or every meeting yeah. or something like that mm -hmm. it would only be reported out yeah is that reported out or it'd be the there would still be a staff report or maybe it just sits on consent on consent Okay, I get that. I get that. Loses the communication. Okay. See the benefit to it, um, but what, by when do we want us to let you know? So we, so since committees get all divvied out in January, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, we have two meetings in December. Right. So, um, you know, maybe, you know, we could either have another discussion item on the December 5th meeting um to gather you know more ideas that you guys may have um or we and then bring it back the following meeting with um an actual you know resolutions for the subcommittees in the um ad hoc i don't even resolution for the ad hoc it's just like action yeah um like minimum um or we just you guys just give me your information independently, and then we just bring it to the last meeting in the summer. It's your call. I think that December 5th meeting is going to be lengthy. Yeah. yeah. Because we don't have another meeting, and so I'm a little concerned about time. I think we're going to be starting at noon that day, are we not? Wow. No, we're just going to go to the night. Oh, then what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think maybe what we should do is get our level of interest back to Rebecca so that she can bring the committee, subcommittee and or ad hoc committee item at the second meeting in November, in December. And then we can send, um, bring it in the first meeting of January to, to a point. To a point. Yeah. To, to a new final. Yeah. So we could create the subcommittee second meeting in December and then a point in January when we're appointing everything else. So between now and when, Rebecca, do you want us to give you, to mm -hmm. speak with you offline? Um, before that time. <laughs> so whatever the deadline. December 13th. You, you want like a week before? Because oh. it's going to have to be agendized by the 14th or 15th. So do you want it by the 11th? Yeah, why don't we say by the 11th of December? Okay. So we are all obligated to reach out and tell Rebecca how much time we have, Alvin. Yep, by 11th of December. By the, yeah, Alvin's going to tell you in about five minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you good on that? Yep. yep. Moving on to item 7H. This is review of commissions and the appointment right. of city. What's that? I said, right. You got, But you guys just kind of, I put in there that I wanted to continue the 2024, but with you wanting to add more subcommittees, um, 
do you want to bring, want me to bring everything back yes. then? Yeah, you'll bring everything back, back then, but tonight mm -hmm. there's a few things that oh, we'd like to hand over <laughs> to Mr. Schmitz. <laughs> <laughs> Review commissions and appoint city representation on each of the various commissions with recommendations to continue through the 2024 year. So, right. so my, my idea is that we're just trying to keep the boat afloat yeah. and yes. might need yeah. some things to do in the next 30 yeah. 45 yeah. days. Okay. Yeah. Sure does. I just think of you that need a little less. A little less. Yeah. 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 So looking at the list, should we just start at the top? We have, what did you take on, Caroline? I took on CCPA or CPTA and you are super familiar with that. I'm hoping you can take that on again. Yes. Central Sierra Economic Development, you always had that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it was. Uh, and then the other one was all hazards. Uh -huh. All hazards. And Isabel took over the all yeah. hazards. If you want to hand that over, is that your direction, Isabel? If you would like to take that. Basically, what it's like Rattle had. There's only one more meeting, though, right? It's just. Which one are we doing? All hazards. hazards. It's the second. And that one's online. Yeah, that that's online. Yeah. You can you can come in. Thank you. We'll help you. <laughs> okay, so I hope somebody will give me. It was in the backup one, eh? Okay. But I'll get a link, rows, and things like that. Yeah. We will She'll get you set up. So am I leaving the alternates then the it's same? It's monthly from one to two? <laughs> on a Tuesday. <sighs> So yeah, so he will take all hazards first place, and then this the alternate will be is it Royal Amicon? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then for uh, CPPA. CPPA, I was the backup, but then Alvin moved into backup when I had to. So does that put you back in the backup? And I can be her backup if that falls apart. And then we're readdressing all in January okay. with Perfect. subcommittees and ad hoc. With whatever we add. Okay. Clear as mud, right? Mm -hmm. Moving on. I Can I get a motion to, uh, to make the change? I will make the motion. Public comment. Charlotte, do you have anything to say about our committee? <laughs> okay, so no public comment. Bringing it back, I will make the motion to appoint uh, Mr. Chimente as the uh, CPP and out. Oh, yeah, just like you said. Testing. 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 Thank you. Isabel seconded. Okay. Here he nailed it. Aye. 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 Getting uh, the vendor all the information that we needed, uh, so that is going to be a thirty-one thousand dollar bonus gift round. Um, as of today, one hundred thirty-nine cards have been sold already, totaling thirteen thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. 
just in uh, just in our bonus part. Wow. So for the most part, then just double that right. because so. most people bought a hundred and they got a hundred. Um, uh, I met with Caltrans. Stop. I met with Caltrans, um, and they are going to be coming. We'll need to nail down a date sometime in January to come and give a presentation at City Council for the 449 and Francis Street projects, just to give you an update on project timing, uh, where they're at, um, you know, additional information that they've um, garnered through engineering. Uh, we have passed the cultural and environmental phase for the critical water and wastewater infrastructure project for um, uh, the hazard mitigation grant. Um, and this is left over from the 2019 winter storms. So um, we still haven't got the here's your money letter, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure it's coming. So mm -hmm. that's the one that included Booster Way and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of all of these projects all rolled into one. So that was very exciting. Uh, the beautiful water power outage, um, that uh, was the fun we had last week. It was supposed to be completed by Wednesday. It actually lasted through um, Friday. Um, and to top it all off, we had a six inch, uh, six inch water line break, water main break, yeah, and the fire. fire. Yeah. Um, and so once water delivery was restored, we had four feet in the tank to spare before we had risks for fire flows and water purification centers. So um, I have asked Chris uh, to reach out to you. Um, Already done. Okay. Talk to me then. Yeah. So um, we'll probably have to come up with a, a different plan. Because I think Chris and Caleb slept up a water treatment requirement. And conservation did not go. Conservation did not go as planned at all. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, Rebecca, um, because I, I appreciated the phone calls. And, but, you know, I'm wondering whether or not tenants knew, for example, you know, if I owned a set of apartments, mm -hmm. I got the phone call because the water bill comes here. But, you know, and then Maria got and texting and all this stuff. But I'm wondering whether or not some of the owners did their due diligence and told, but obviously they didn't. So I don't know. I mean, there's nothing that we can do about that because the only list we can use yep. is the person who's paying the bill. So um, this is a, this was a common issue we had at CCWD as well. Yeah. Um, we're... Uh, and the, the state law, we're required to notify the 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 occupant, but it's not necessarily the occupant whose contact information that we have. So we're relying on the property owner to let us know who is in the property. Um, and so we do run into issues if there's a lot of turnover in that rental property that we just never have the right contact information. So um, we we did press releases. We no, put it on uh, Facebook. We did the IVR. We did the post yeah. office. Um, so we tried to put it everywhere we possibly could. We put it on bulletin boards on Facebook. Did the hotels to notify their guests? They notified the hotels, and they notified their as well. They said they notified their guests. Um, but no, we just had people that would call and say we're not concerned. Period. What about you? So. Um, hmm. it, <laughs> It's not even that. It's not even like watering your plants right now. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. You weren't asked to do anything except really. Don't, don't, yeah, don't wash your car and don't water your plants. We need to do laundry. 
Yeah, I didn't either. I totally didn't either. I waited. I yeah. waited. Yeah. Can you imagine if you did? Oh, my wife did. Yeah, this weekend did. Well, <laughs> but I mean, we would have probably had what a foot of water. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it was. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's. Yeah, we'll have to do better. A learning opportunity and figure out how to how to get over some of those. Maybe we'll have to make those little banners. Yeah. Sure. Water. Maybe we have to do door hangers. Yeah. Which would be very impactful. Really, but I mean that reaches the person in that house okay. on that given day. So. Well, when we do the five day the next time we're gonna have to do something. Yeah. I don't know if we'll have to do that. I would say we will not be doing that. Yeah, I don't know if we have to. This was a one this is I mean there, this no, is the first time in it, six years that I've. There was there was, al, there was alternate. No, there is a discussion for next year. But I right, but not that not that big of an outage. Oh, I think well, it's only. The there's alternatives to wet hot. So right, we'll rainwater. We can buy. We, yeah. Well, it's that little. What do they do? They take the water around. The copper oh, dam. Yeah, yeah. Copper dam and a pump. Yeah. And it's only. I think this next is only for a day, and that's fine. It was a the, day is not a problem. Right. It was that third day. And it's three and five. Right. Um, Matt Sasha was leaving Hungary. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. So he's going for a whole new career path adventure. So we're really excited for him, but we're really excited for us. Yeah. Um, and then, but Amber Collins, who was the former executive director for Council of Governance, she will be assuming um, the outstanding project to help me with. So uh, that'll be good. Um, and then um, I am starting an economic development newsletter that's going to go out to all city businesses. We're also going to share this information with our realtors in the area. Um, and then that's going to start going out this week. And then um, how we're getting this information is we're using the Placer AI uh, platform that uh, see the CBB is licensing. Um, but it's um, pretty amazing data. So I think it's it's really interesting information. Uh, it's stuff that we kind of had a feeling, but it's right in your face. So this um, is gonna be monthly. This will be monthly, uh -huh. and so we'll be sending this out to to businesses. We'll also have it on our website, and we're going to uh, start revamping our website on the doing business um, section. So more of an environmental or economic uh, development. Mm -hmm. um, and then staff are working on emergency uh, preparation before we get any major emergencies. So that's all kicking off right now. And then I'm on vacation uh, November 20th through the 24th. So I will be uh, out of the I have a stupid question. There's no When you are out of town on vacation, who who is in your role? Who is Rosie. it? Scott Ellis? Is it? I mean, do you do you have response uh, auto responses to your emails in your phone that say Chief Ellis or Chief Rohrbach or Rose or I respond to all okay. the emails the entire Which is not the intent of a vacation. So I also don't because so, your mental health. No, it, it is. So I guess and I thought of this when you went on your yeah. last vacation. I was like, wait a minute. At some point, I think we need to identify. Uh, who's on first, who's on third, yeah. for you to be absent and, and enjoy your absence. So, so when, how do we do that? When I go out, um, if, I'm, if I'm totally, if I'm trying to completely distract sure. and I don't have stuff that, there's always stuff that there isn't necessarily someone, but on the things that there are in my out of office, you know, it will be, if this is a, you know, finance question, you know, contact um, Michelle Gonzalez, if I go through it, or right. if this is HR related, you know, it's Rose. 
So you this do, is a you know building or planning you know if you if you know this is um in a you know an emergency you know contact you know that oh it's on the So I do put that in. Um, but I'm either going to come back with uh 1500 emails or I just try to keep up. I know. No, and we're all, I mean, we're all professionals and I think we all face that, but I guess that's, that's my point in bringing this up because I thought of it when you took your last vacation. I was like, wait a minute, I've never asked, is there anything that I'm supposed to do as the mayor or is there anything that somebody else is supposed to do? And I want to state publicly, if you're taking a vacation as when I take my vacation, you're, you're owed, you're owed that time to be on vacation. So um, I think we're going to talk offline about how you should and could maybe Take your vacation and and enjoy it and unplug um, and not take your devices yeah. and do it. Well, I don't know. About that. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> but, but I I would say it's getting easier now because um, you know Michelle is you know everyone's pretty much caught up on where we need to be. Um, so there's there's very little like day to day needs that I'm having to get involved in anymore. Um, but I do have projects that I'm specifically working on, whether it's a training or take a funnel or state entity that it's it's so there's pieces that other people can fill in, but um, I'll still have some timelines. But yeah, it is getting much better than it than it was. Okay, anybody else have any comments on that? No, I think it's off there. Huh? Take your time off. Well, no, it's you know yourself if there's a major emergency. Nice. <laughs> Council report. We will start with Carolyn. Uh, there was a museum meeting, but I missed it. Um, I don't have a report for that. Um, and then I have a Central Sierra Economic mm -hmm. Development meeting, I think, on Thursday. Um, the only other thing I wanted to report on was that. Uh, it's Veterans Day on Saturday, and the Angels Camp Veterans Memorial District is handing out gift certificates to all veterans in the district. We'll be doing that from 10 to 4 at the Vets Hall on Raspberry. And um, just happy Veterans Day to all my fellow veterans. Um, I did reach out um, okay. oh, before I forget that um, says public comment period is open, mm -hmm. um, and I sent that information to you guys It's also on our yeah. website. Yeah. Um, so that public period is open through the end of November. Yep. Um, and then I did respond to them with the same comments that I sent to you. Okay. So they are going to be updating that plan. Okay. Um, I felt that it focused a lot mainly on Calgary's County and did not specifically call out right. the city of Angels Law. You'll notice that if you go in there and look at it. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's all being resolved. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I will report. I went to the Calafco um, conference in Monterey last week, or it was probably two weeks ago now. Very beneficial and informational. Met a lot of people um, that I've never been to that before. Um, UWPA on the 24th, Alvin and I attended. We uh, discussed the first relicensing. Um, are we discussing? So, all in all, we um, we've had we've been faced with opportunities about how to address our FERC relicensing. Yep. Um, all in all, uh, between now and, and we're due in just in in 2028, 
to relicense both of our plants for a, a cost of about $10 million, and that would be shared between us and UPUD. So our alternatives to relicensing, we've looked into with an expert team uh, and several years of, of investigation with this team, and we have come up with an opportunity to do a FERC exemption um, in, in uh, exempting ourselves from the federal government. We would then be regulated only by the state. And this is a, a big endeavor, and we have decided to pursue this. So uh, it would take our, our expenses down incrementally. Um, the year-to-date expenses for what we've put in so far is about 188000 and the estimated future cost of the relicensing, I'm sorry, of the exemption would be about 400000 and we're ready to, ready to try that. Um, so that's something that you're going to all be made aware of, and potentially it's going to go public. Um, as of right now. Um, so our next steps are that there's public meetings and there's outreach and there's stakeholder committees. Um, it's going to be about four to six months before we get the full responses from all of the studies and the stakeholders. And then agreements need to be put in place and such. Agencies, tribes, stakeholders. Uh, it's going to be about a year before we know, but it could be a wonderful thing. Um, that saves us a lot of money. I, I mean, the alternative to this is that our water rates would potentially be going up to cover $10 million, and this would be, FERC would have to relicense every 30 years. So for the livelihood and the sanctity of the city, this is, this is, this is the only solution, in my opinion. I'll let Alvin add on to his. The other things we talked about was the, the outage, the maintenance outage, um, and the conservation, uh, CAL FIRE crew, and all the work that was getting done in November. So we, we streamlined that. So that's that. And then the other thing that I attended was I did attend a DAC meeting with uh, Council Member Chimente on the 26th. Mm -hmm. And that was it. We did the ribbon cutting and the Habitat <gasps> for Humanity. Oh my gosh, we did that too. I don't remember the dates, but yeah, there was uh, both of those mixers, and the and then I attended the hot, uh, wine hop, which was last Saturday night, and that was well attended down in, mm -hmm. downtown in Angels Camp. Lots of lots of uh, vibrants. I like. Yeah. So. Um, so a lot of visitors from World March. Yeah. I was going to say, were there unfamiliar faces? Yes. So there were some. Good. Yeah, there was people from out of town, and they're like, "What's going on? I'm seeing people." Talk about wine is great. Mm -hmm. There were people that um, went to that instead of um, did the last one. Yeah. Well, yes. Got okay. I attended COG on Wednesday with Alvin. Um, the biggest thing there, we recognized Dennis Agar, who is our District 10 director. Um, he was instrumental in getting the CTCC uh, four, 14 million, 14 million um, for phase one. Is that correct, or was it phase two? Cover the highway four, yeah, why are you Yeah, um, and then, let's see, um, obviously, as uh, Rebecca said, Matt Sautel is leaving. Um, and then congratulations to um, Calaveras County Public Works. They've received one of three grants um, for the Cali for the California Clean, or Clean California, um, and there were 230 applicants, so it's kind of a big deal. Um, let's see what else. Caltrans just said it's time to prep for winter, which is basically the same thing that the uh, county said. And then Marlon, who is um, another person that we work with, I don't know what his official title is. I can't think of it off the top of my head. He, he's below 
deputy Dennis. director. Yeah. Um, but he's actually moving to LA, so he's moving to District Seven. So we'll be losing him, um, which is unfortunate. He was great to work with. He was. And then that CTA was pretty. There was nothing. Routine. Yeah. yeah there was really nothing. Um, and then attending the wine hop on Saturday. And I did attend um, up in Murphy's the other with one and that was insanely busy, which is great. But I think it also overflowed down to us, which is also great. Yeah. So, Alvin, oh, you're up. Uh, you nailed Cog. Um, the only other thing on Utica is the set that um, any money that we spend. And this is a rough thing. Um, any money we spend on this FERC exemption, about seventy-five percent of it would transfer to, if we don't get it, would transfer to what we have to do to get the FERC relicensing. So it's not this money that we decide. Um, and the only other thing I can say too is that um, this FERC relicensing doesn't mean they're going to be any less safe. We all we have the Department of Dam Safety in California, and they basically run hand in hand when we do. The Department of Dam Safety of California, we invite FERC because they're basically doing the same thing. So everything will be really good. Nothing will change on day-to-day -day operation. It'll still be good, clean water flowing from the top or the bottom. Wait, are we getting good um, support from our uh, representation? We've got an NDC. endorsement from McClintock. Okay, good. Yes, McClintock supported us. Um, we've met with the Department of Forestry, Cultural, I don't know. There's, right now we're, in the, we're, in, we're starting the comment. Period. Yeah. So this will kind of determine how much money we will spend down the road. Because gotcha. um, if the more studies that we have to do, the more it costs us, and the more comments that come in, the more issues we have to take care of. If that makes sense. So. Um, speaking of McClintock, McClintock staff will be at City Hall on the fourteenth, um, using our conference um, room. So Rocky. if anyone, yeah, Rocky's going to be here. Yeah. Oh, was it Kelly? Um, was that her name? Kimberly. 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 Yeah. 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 So. Okay. If uh, uh, Jen has a meeting, I have then, a meeting at but, noon. Yeah, but if anyone had something of importance that she wanted to talk to the staff, but okay. <clears throat> I think you guys have said it all. I, I just want to take this opportunity <laughs> to um, tell you how much I appreciate the work all of you do. It's 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 impressive. Um, your how you approach the meetings. The work that you folks do, and and just as a newcomer, uh, I'm glad to be a part of this team. So I want to thank you. I had an opportunity to meet with Martin Hubbardy regarding Calaveras Visitors, Visitors Bureau. I cannot talk after nine o'clock. So <laughs> that four thirty time in the morning, um, and I, I'm I was very impressed with uh, everything that he's doing. I was impressed. I don't think you know it's one of those things like the downtown lights. I don't know if I've ever spent enough time at the museum, but he's done a marvelous job, yeah. you know, revamping that. He was talking about the number of visitors that he gets and from the places, you know, from, you all know, over all over yeah. the world. Um, and we went to DAC, and I thought that was interesting. And um, again, I'm, I'm just thoroughly enjoying this, and I can't, I'm looking forward to all hazards. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, item 11, future agenda items. We're all over that. calendar, but that's okay. Oh, my bad. I I'm missing the Utica meeting in December. Okay. I'm out of town, so Caroline will be my alternate. Okay. Okay. 
and I believe I already told you all that. Okay. Um, so that I will speak to for calendar. Okay. Anything else? No. Everybody uh, knows. You guys got the notice today of the employee. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Right. Right. Yes. So yeah, that's yeah. on December sixth. December sixth. Yes. Got that. Eight thirty in the morning. Yeah. Now future agenda item. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do we have? Um, we have several items on carrying over the um it's we keep rolling stuff over but a lot of it is dependent on some legal review so we'll have to see um greenhouse yeah oh is that on the fence well the yes. two ordinances so will come greenhouse back, right? gas will be coming to uh City is to city council to open up the um RIP. the public um comment period for the greenhouse gas. Who did we go? What consultants helped? Not the same same ones. It was a joint effort. Same ones, but Good I grabbed the bowl by the horns and we pulled it back in that read. Is it possible to? Uh, is it possible for you to send me a copy of our greenhouse, or is it online? Or maybe I can talk. Maybe we can do it tomorrow when I meet for two. We don't have the draft yet. Mm -hmm. You guys don't have your draft greenhouse yet. Final draft. No. We just finished comments. We should have it today. In a, we should have it. I think maybe by the end of the week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's how you're in the county. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm working closely with the with the county um, uh, CEO on that as well. Um, they, they did a study session. Today. They did a stu study session. Yeah. Uh, so our 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 they're linked together quite significantly um, because uh, oddly if you have a wood burning stove that the city on the city linked it doesn't stop um, putting yeah. smoke across the line anyway so um, we'll have that conversation but that will be um, at the next meeting and then um, the CVB is going to do a presentation so Martin's going to come and do a presentation um, in terms of what they've been doing. Habitat for Humanity is also going to be coming and doing a presentation. And December 5th? Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Um, and then we'll have the two uh, ordinances that you guys just went over. And that's about it. That's it. <laughs> Quickie. <laughs> Don't ask a bunch of questions. <laughs> we don't ask questions. All right. We're looking for a motion for adjournment. So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you.